From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Ah, yes, TGIF. What what an interesting week. We, We got back for the middle of the week. Wound up doing four full programs between here and for Fox News Radio in the past three days. Very, um, very busy, very interesting week. And I woke up this morning to the former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe having been shot and at that point in time said to be in grave condition. Just none of it looked good. And I really did expect within minutes to the next several hours that we would hear that, in fact, he had been killed because early in the reports, his condition was grave. He had stopped breathing at one point and he was shot from behind, but right through the chest. Center kill shot. So former Japanese prime minister Shinzo Abe assassinated this morning, uh, basically bled to death just tragic great man kind gentle man i see his typically smiling face if i close my eyes honestly i thought he was older than 67 but it's not like when i looked at him i saw him looking ancient or anything but i thought he was a bit older and he would probably still be the prime minister one if he hadn't been shot today but also uh, had he not had a health problem. A great ally. He was at a campaign rally and Kennedy talked about it. A lot of people have talked about it. If one person wants to get you and they're willing to forfeit their own life, it's real hard to stop that. Another sad note, James Kahn. Now, James Caan is not one of my absolute favorite actors of all time. But he is an actor that I do like. And his acting credits are immense. He passed away uh, actually the day before yesterday. Not yesterday. Came out last night. But he actually passed away the day before that on the 6th of July. James Caan dies at the age of 82. When I when I think of James Caan in this order, I think of him as Santino, Sonny Corleone. I think of him as Brian Piccolo, which I'm going to watch today. Hold on one second. Let me uh, get out my fabulous. I write down all these things that I want to do. Hold on, because I dropped my pen right before airtime. Okay, I know you need to know this. I picked up my pen, and now I can write. Watch. I own the movie. Watch Brian's song. That will be my homage this weekend to James Caan. And thirdly, I think of the movie 
misery. And that really was the beginning of Kathy Bates. She was phenomenal in that movie. You, you, you must have seen it. And if you haven't, please watch it. I won't spoil it here, even though it's a very old movie. No spoilers. But what a um, whew, every time I think of that, what a um, what a powerful presentation by Bates and James Kahn is outstanding in it. Curious, send me an email, Harry Hurley at AOL.com. Is there another acting role that is more prominent or that you prefer than the three that I mentioned? I, I, I can't I can think of others that are good. And he had well over 100 different acting credits. I didn't look at the exact number, but it's well over 100. But Godfather, Brian Song, and Misery. Send me another if you have it. There are a lot to choose from. I think he actually appeared, and it was pretty cool, with his son in... The reboot, if you will, and had a good run. It could still be going on. I think it was pretty much the cast just felt that, you know, that was that. But I think they had like nine seasons, nine years of the reboot of um, Hawaii Five-0. And I, what I like about some of these shows, the um, the Blacklist does it. Hawaii Five-0 did it all the time. They brought back a lot of great actors from days gone by that you hadn't seen in a while. So it was pretty cool. And I'm pretty sure this is not like a false memory. Uh, pretty sure this is something I, that I remember seeing. James Kahn on Hawaii Five-0 where his son Scott Kahn also starred. And it's interesting when you see the sons of famous actors. Clint Eastwood's son, for example. My God, he's a doppelganger. Incredible. You, you don't think of it now because you see Clint Eastwood, how he looks now. When Clint Eastwood was young, he looked just like his son. And since he came first, you have to say it that his son looks just like him. Scott Kahn doesn't look... He's not a doppelganger for James Kahn, but there are these characteristics, including the way that he walks and just certain things like the hair and the face. Uh, but it was pretty cool seeing the father and the son on that. I'll look that up during the break, uh, the episode, but I, I remember seeing it. And, and it's just I like that kind of thing. So Santino, Sonny Corleone, Brian Piccolo and Misery. Those are my three memorables with James Kahn at 14 minutes past the hour. Let me not get into the next item until we come back from the break, but it's not, a, it's not a good one and it's really expected. It's something that Democrats just sort of write the, the book on. They're so filthy dirty. And then they try to make you look like you're the dirty one. I'll explain when we come back, and I think I can back it up with facts. We'll be back. It's the Hurley in the Morning program on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 
And we have some great things coming up. Kirk Conover, we weren't here on Tuesday. So we asked Kirk if he would join us on Friday. Happy to report. Kirk said yes. That's going to be fun coming up in about 45, 50 minutes from now. Senator Vince Palestina, who never disappoints in the 8 o'clock hour. And then wide open forum in our longest hour of the program. Because obviously, how can anything be longer than an hour? Well, when you extend into the next hour, which I think, I think we are the only program in America that actually extends into the next hour. I'm not talking about if you're a two-hour, three-hour, four-hour, one-hour show. I'm talking about, because obviously you continue after the first hour into the second, into the third, and into the fourth. But we actually continue into the 10 o'clock hour which I love, I cherish it actually, because I look at the clock and I'm thinking, you know, any show in America, if it's a couple of minutes before the top of the hour and the final hour of your show, it's over because you don't go, you don't go to break exactly at the top of the hour. There's a outro liner that plays and things like that. So it's over. But in our case, when I see two minutes before the top of the hour, I love it because I know we have eight minutes left and then we can take two or three calls easy. So I love it. And we'll take full advantage in open forum in the nine o'clock hour to do just that. We'll be back in just a moment. Here is our Fox News commentary. John Walters and all about reverse life. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at six. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Great one. We're back. It's 19 minutes past the hour. I was just thinking about my Facebook post from 10 hours ago when I learned that James Kahn had passed away. And I picked a picture that I liked him as uh, Santino, Sonny Corleone. And I wrote, rest in peace, James Kahn, age 82, Santino, Sonny Corleone. And then I wrote this. And I, and I you know that I have spoken, oh my gosh, it's got to be thousands of times over the past 30 plus years. And I talk about it all the time. And I think it's a byproduct of losing my mom at age 54 and my father at age 65. That tomorrow is not granted. It's not given. It's not a guarantee. And I wrote at the end of this very short post, life is way too short. Grab it by the throat and live it. You won't have any regret having done something either with a good friend or a family member saying yes. I, You know, I pretty much have a theme every year and every summer, and I just have a good time with it. Uh, summer to remember, uh, which when my son was very little, now his friends who were at the house when we had this summer to remember tour uh, the only thing I didn't do that I said I was going to do, well, I didn't say I was going to do it, but I wanted to do it. I wanted to get T-shirts. And I forget what year it was, but it was probably, well, let's see now. Whew, I can't believe it. Kristen is 39. Lauren is 36. And in Glenn Lilly, are you listening? Uh, Glenn Lilly has a son the age of my son. Let's see. Uh 12 days from now, my son will be 33. 
So the people that were at the house during the summer to remember tour year, and that was just a summer where we had pool parties, lobsters, and all kinds of fun and just great stuff. So I called it the Summer to Remember Tour. One of the people that was at our house is now a teacher. He was just a child then. I'm thinking maybe barely a teenager. So this might be 20 years ago. He's now 33 as well and a great teacher in the Egg Harbor Township school system. He still remembers and talks about the Summer to Remember Tour. Never think that something you do does not have a lasting impact. I had another one, which was my year of surprises, and that was the year I just surprised family members with different things that they didn't see coming, like planned a trip for everybody. Pretty pretty uh, arrogant, actually, because everybody has lives and stuff, but everybody went with it and, and came. Uh so I, I try to do these things. I'm, I'm going to come up with something. It's not too late. It's only July 8th. I got to come up with something for summer 2022. I'll let you know when I do. I have to give Andy and Brigantine a shout out because he did write me. And I, I, I will tell you, this was not lost on me. It just didn't make my top three. But there's no question. My fourth would be Elf. First of all, Will Ferrell is hilarious, whether it's Anchorman, Elf, and the and James Caan was Will Ferrell's father in Elf. If you've never seen the movie, treat yourself. It is hilarious. They are hilarious together. And I would put that as number four, I think. I'd have to look at a few more acting credits that I can't see right now. I'll look at the list, but I would definitely put Elf up there because there was just phenomenal chemistry and it's a delightful movie and it, it just is timeless. It never goes old, uh, grows old and it's fantastic. All right, let's move on. Uh, the IRS is asking the Treasury Department watchdog to investigate the James Comey and Andrew McCabe tax audits. See, let's not forget, this is again Saul Alinsky at work here. Democrats have weaponized the IRS in the most vicious way in American history uh, against their enemies, Republicans. They have weaponized other departments, the judiciary and others, to ruin lives. They are horrible. And then they have the audacity to call a special investigation over Comey and Andrew McCabe being investigated during the Trump presidency. How about all the people that got investigated during Obama and Biden and Clinton? How about all them? All the lives they destroyed, bankrupted people. You don't ever want the hell that they can rain on you by putting you in the meat grinder of their investigations. Look at what they're doing right now with this January 6th committee. They're ruining lives, destroying people. And all for politics. I keep telling you, I cannot wait 
I cannot wait. I don't care what she does. Run for president, you loser. Whatever you want to do. You take your job at MSNBC or CNN or CBS, ABC, wherever. Because here's what they don't remember. And the whole lot of them. And you know who they are without even mentioning names. I would encourage any prominent conservative, any prominent Republican, never take a job with these Democrat rags, these Democrat news channels, affiliates, or rather um, a network, I meant to say, networks or cable channels, because understand, you are a useful idiot to them. Look at John McCain when he thought the media loved him. God rest his soul, but how dumb was he? One time he even said, I thought you loved me. No, you fool. They didn't love you. They hated George W. Bush, who they now love. But they hated him. Remember, all the Democrats called George W. Bush Hitler. They hated him. Because he wasn't a Democrat. And so to all the prominent Republicans that become the toys and the useful idiots for these Democrat organizations to use you. Understand, they will never like you. And you're so dumb that you don't understand that you're being used. But one of the days, and you know me, I'm not into revenge. I live my life very differently than that. I'm I'm probably stunningly forgiving versus most people. I don't harbor grudges. I, I just I just don't I don't have time for that. I'm I'm in a different mindset. I'm I'm in a mindset of sense of urgency that life is short and I, I can't I can't fill my heart, I can't fill my mind with hatred and negativity. I have to deal with negative issues sometimes, but I don't live my life that way. And I'm telling you, I know people that all they have in their heart, mind, and soul is who who they can screw over, uh, that they're angry about something or someone. And I've had people ask me, you know, what do you do? I said, well, I, I do the opposite of what you do. You harbor this stuff in a way that's, I mean, it could affect your health. If, if there's anything I could ever say that could have a breakthrough moment, it would be forgive people that have done you harm. Now, remember, I have I have boundaries, though. If you go after my children, if you go after my spouse, if you go after my family, uh, you're absolutely dead to me. So I'm human. I have boundaries. That's not opening up myself for attack because I'm not a, a whipping post either. But I'm, I'm typically very, very forgiving. And if I mess up, I'm pretty good at apologizing because I think that's important. If you do something, if you reflect on something and you think you were too harsh or did something wrong, I think it's very important to say that. You don't have to necessarily say it publicly, but you at least need to say it to the person. And if you did it publicly, 
then yes, you do need. I, I, I will tell you one of the things I despise the most. Being publicly attacked and privately apologized to. No, thank you. Open letter. Don't even do that. Don't do it with me. It, it won't be accepted. Don't do it to anybody. You can't trash someone publicly and apologize to them privately. It's wrong. It's gutless. And you should never do it. If you mess up and everybody does, I think you'd be surprised that there's depending on what you did, there's very little that if you say to someone, I was wrong, I apologize, I hope you'll accept my apology and basically what's done is done, but I'm very sorry about it and I I will correct it in the same manner in, in which I lobbed the the comment or whatever it is most people will say will say i appreciate that some might say hey look i need a little time but you know i appreciate the fact that you apologize i mean you might not get the full acceptance right up front but over time somebody will reflect and say you know what uh that was stand up somebody did something and then they knew it was wrong and they came back and apologize but don't don't do it publicly on the the negative side and privately on the apology because it's it's really um that's not going to be well received by anybody because the first thing they think about is well you wrote this this social media post that anybody can see and copy and it's forever out there or you wrote a letter to the editor or you said it as a caller on a, on a talk show or whatever the case might be in a public setting, and now you want to privately apologize. Oh, no, 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 no. The game of life doesn't work that way. People try to bend, but it doesn't work that way. Not not acceptable. So to go all the way back to the beginning of this topic, when I see that the Democrats are calling for investigations into years ago. Remember, there are ones always say, don't go back, go forward, lean forward. Get it? Lean. God, they've ruined certain words so, so terribly. But now we got to go back years because they don't like that Comey and McCabe got audited. Look how many people they audited. Gary, they destroyed Gary Aldrich's group by fake auditing and destroying them and ending their ability to raise and suspending their ability to raise. We're talking about criminals that are the ones now making accusations. You know the expression, uh, dirty hands? They have dirty hands. They punch you in the face, unprovoked, and then they file a charge against you that their hand is broken. That's their game. That's how outrageous they are. We'll be back. I'm Hurley in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And this is Harry Hurley. I'm going to try to squeeze in four stories that you can follow right now on the app. Congressman Van Drew has picked his choice for president. We, we got the exclusive. Atlanta County Executive Dennis Levinson is going paperless on public bidding. That's going to be very, very good. The Gormleys and the Levines are to be honored by the Boys and Girls Club of Atlantic City and the most important Atlantic City 
national convention since 1964 comes this Sunday. Check it out on the app. From the Townsquare, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Very weak little storm system on top of New Jersey today. Could spit out an isolated shower, but that's it. It's going to be a seasonally warm summer day for your Friday. Partly sunny, high of 84 degrees, 70s at the beaches. Turning rainy tonight, low of 70, and periods of rain last through morning and midday tomorrow. Could even be lingering showers into tomorrow afternoon. Some late day clearing with a high of only 74. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Almost 3 million people use device to... Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Play Van Camp and Robbins this afternoon at 1. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 38 minutes past the hour. Thank you for waking up early in the morning. So while we're calling out all the fake phonies and frauds, let me continue, please. I'm a huge fan of Myra Flores of Texas, Congresswoman Myra Flores. Now, you see how the Democrat media, they will go after a person of color. They will go after someone that is not Democrat. But I want to give you a comparison. While the New York Times calls Myra Flores far-right I want you to note, and you can you can check me on this, you will never find them calling Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or any of the Ilan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, Ayanna Presley, the whole squad, the whole kit and caboodle. You will never hear these dishonest media people call them the far left. They won't call them socialist Democrats. They won't call them the far left. You'll never see it. You never saw it, for example, Ted Kennedy. He would just be Senator Ted Kennedy. But then they would talk about conservative this or far right that. But never the opposite. Now, seriously, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is so incredibly radically far left. But you never hear that. They just portray her like she is some kind of normal, mainstream, acceptable philosophy of governance when it's a joke. Now, in Myra Flores's case, there's nothing she's done radical. She's pro job. She's pro God. She's pro family. She's pro job opportunities. And you can name a lot of other things. None of it is radical. None of it is far right. But they want it label and cancel and defeat. Now, if I remember correctly, she's going to have a bit of a tough time uh, at this in November because the district is different now that she's running in. She won in the district as it is now. She will be running in the new district as it will be as a result of the uh, the census. But what a, what a difference. What I am happy about, and it's fantastic, and I, I'm so happy about it, Quinnipiac University, which is very liberal, 
they, they do they do conservatives, Republicans no favors. In May, President Biden's approval among Hispanics was twenty six percent, sixty percent disapproval. Very few didn't have an opinion either way. And I think that number's even worse now. And I am correct. Uh, Flores is seeking reelection in the newly drawn Texas district, which unfortunately is much bluer than her current one. And she's facing an incumbent Democrat congressman, Vincente Gonzalez, and two independents in November, on November 8th. I have to say, though, I like her chances, though. I, I'd like to learn more because my friend Ali North once told me two of the same can't beat one of the same. If these independents are more conservative and you, you have to understand. Democrats never quit. You know, as, as the pandemic ended and they can't do their zombie vote by mail elections where they have an opportunity to cheat. And they do so with great regularity. It's amazing how only Stacey Abrams, Hillary Clinton and Democrats can tell you that elections are illegitimate. But if you say they are, you're you're horrible. You should be criminally charged and you're not accepting the results of a free and fair election. I mean, they're 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 shameless. They're absolutely unbelievable. But they do this and they do it with ease. They're so just the hypocrisy is amazing. But I'd love I'm going to look into who these two independents are. But you have to understand, as I said, Democrats don't quit and they'll go throw two Republicans in. I'm not saying that's the case because I want to look at look into it first, but they'll put two Republicans in against the other Republican. And then the Democrat wins, just like what they did. Chuck Robb, they they all made deals. And a a former mayor, uh, Marshall Coleman, ran in the Commonwealth of Virginia for the Senate who was definitely not Democrat, and Ollie North lost a squeaker to Chuck Robb. It would have been very interesting, I guess because of the way that Virginia really moved, but it's moving back in, in the election of Yunkin and Sears. I mean, it's moving back. But Ollie, I think, would have only had one term because Virginia dramatically changed. That whole area of northern Virginia that was developed uh, back many years ago really changed the composition of the Commonwealth of Virginia. It's a shame, but it happened. Wow, 45 minutes past the hour. We're going to be right back. I am respectfully yours. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Ten minutes before the top of the hour, and I have a bunch of stories that I want to get in. Then we're going to go to Kirk Conover, then to Senator Vince Palestina, and then wide open forum for the whole nine o'clock hour, which I can't wait for. Now, every so often I give the political play of the week, and doesn't have to be i mean i will give the political play of the week to an actor or a 
state, if you will, country that I don't particularly care for, but still give them the political play of the week because they've earned it. And I give the political play of the week this week to China because Joe Biden sold one million barrels of our oil from our very own stockpile of crude oil that is maintained by the government. We trust them and it's intended for only emergency use. I'm absolutely beyond convinced Biden is completely compromised by China, by China. There's no doubt in my mind and other countries as well. See, you have to remember, he thought his time had passed and you never know in politics what can happen. He never thought he was going to be president. So he just very aggressively got into the business because Hillary was on deck. It wasn't going to be him that everybody believed she was going to win. I didn't, of course. And I have many columns out there that will prove it, that I believe that Trump would defeat Hillary. And of course, he did. Uh, But Biden knew he would never be president. So he went to go cash in. Then, oops, oh, my God, look how fickle finger of fate award, you know, the laugh in here. Uh, And he runs. And he wins. Only because of special circumstances, the pandemic and basement Joe and the media. So he sells a million barrels of oil to China. Now, they'll tell you that he made a deal. China said, hey, sell us a million barrels of oil and we won't buy Russian oil, which is what you're asking us not to do. You don't want us to buy Russian oil. Sell us a million barrels and we won't. Biden sells them a million barrels. I don't know the price. I'd love to guarantee you it was discounted because Biden, Inc. owes China a lot of money. And what does China promptly do after getting the million barrels? They buy Russian oil. So once again, Joe Biden leading from behind, leading from weakness. And this is confirmed. The U.S. Department of Energy, in their official data that outlines the strategic petroleum reserves of our country, the stockpile of crude oil maintained by the government, which is intended for emergency use only, because Biden has been using it for things that are not an emergency, because his policies have failed. Oh, let me use this oil here and we'll lower it a penny. That's not an emergency. So we're at the lowest level since 1985. This guy is abject failure and a disaster. Here's another thing I looked at. I was thinking, you know, all right, you got to cover Highland Park, and we have. But why do the Democrat politicians and the Democrat media one and the same? You know, I always say both, but it is oxymoronic. I mean, they are the same. But I separate them because if I don't, if I just say Democrats, you're not going to think of the media. But they focus big time on the mass shooting in Highland Park. And look, it should be covered. It's dominated headlines and television and radio news coverage. But how come they ignore the tragedy that is Chicago and other Democrat cities 
and don't report on their regular violence. There's many more people being killed that way. And what do they all have in common? They're all run by Democrats. Look, a horrible shooting, a mass shooting, something that's planned, that can happen anywhere. But look at the cities that Democrats run. And be honest, look at the cities that Republicans run. Which one, whatever your philosophy is, you know, I'm a Democrat, so, you know, I prefer to vote this way. All right, well, go. Okay, I got you. But where would you rather live? Would you like to live in Los Angeles right now? Chicago, New York, Philadelphia? Um, I'm thinking of another major city in, in California, San Francisco. Escaped me and it came back to me quick. I've just named a, a basket full of cities. Would you want to live in any of them? Seattle, let me throw that in there. Once great cities are now unlivable. But they don't cover that. They cover the ones that suit and fit their agenda. They want to take your guns. So they cover these mass shootings and they go for the guns. Very sad to learn that an eight-year-old boy in Highland Park uh, had his spinal cord severed by a gunshot wound to the chest. A miracle that he's alive. They haven't said it, but I'm sure he'll be paralyzed if he survives and as we speak he is still in critical but stable condition and he's breathing on a ventilator very very sad fake news going to call it out fake news headline fake news the new york times wrote a story i think it was new york times let me take that back it was a local paper in Sarasota, I think it's called the Herald or the Herald Tribune, something like that. But they write this story that President Trump was removed from the board of Truth Social. Not only was he not removed from the board, he's the chairman of the board. And then after they got called out, they wrote something along the lines of, that he does have the title chairman, but they don't know what he does on the board. What are you talking about? I mean, this this is the kind of, you don't get a correction. They call them clarifications, and then they lie again. If you acknowledge he's chairman of the board, then you cannot write that he was removed from the board. But they wrote both. And they, they, they say the reporter acknowledges Trump's title is chairman, but they don't know what he does, they say. So what are you saying? He's chairman in name only, something like that? This is, this is what we're up against. I, I say this all the time because it's important as a point of emphasis And I think any fair-minded person knows it's true. If you had a Trump family member, 
let's just say, I hate to do it because he's not like this at all, but let's say Donald Jr. Donald Trump Jr. was a crack smoking, prostitute, soliciting, uh, dumped a weapon in a, in a trash can. I mean, so many things here. Had all these financial dealings with foreign countries. How come we're never hearing Hunter Biden being charged with not being registered as a foreign lobbyist and doing all these things? How come all this just goes one way? But just imagine if there were these laptops and hard drives and changed nothing. And the other thing is, Hunter Biden, you are a weird, sick dude. This guy recorded everything. He's doing self-nastiness in some kind of sensory tank, filming the whole thing, smoking a crack pipe, and doing things i rather not say on this family show. You can imagine what I mean. Just imagine if the name were Trump, what the media would have been doing. Kirk Conover is next. PG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is six minutes past the hour. I am very pleased to report that the former New Jersey Assemblyman Kirk Conover is here. And I want to ask him about one of the items that I just talked about maybe about 10 minutes ago or so. The president of the United States getting hoodwinked. China is eating his lunch on a daily basis. Yes, yes, Mr. President, sell us a million barrels of your oil that's really for an emergency out of your strategic petroleum reserves. And yes, wink, wink, we promise we will not buy oil from Russia. They take the million barrels. I'm going to find out how much they paid for them. Guarantee you it was discounted, maybe even given to them. Because Biden's got a he's got an open tab, you know, he's got to he's got to satisfy. And then China went and I mean, they didn't wait a minute, five, five seconds later, they're buying Russian oil. Kirk, Joe Biden is just getting swamped, skunked, however you want to say it. What do you think about that? Well, it's very disturbing, and uh, it shows the incompetence and the corruption of uh, Joe Biden and and his administration that they would fall for something like this. And they've dwindled our strategic petroleum reserves to the lowest level since 1985 because they're using it to cover their own asses because their policies are so terrible that they've got to go dip into there. And now we're at the lowest level we've been at in in decades. Uh, Not good. No, it's not good. And it's really having no impact on uh, the price of gasoline or the price of oil. It's just uh, it's a fiasco. And it's, uh, you know, 
seriously impacting our national security. As you uh, rightly stated, it's supposed to be for emergency, like when a country cuts us off from oil. And it's so um, ideologically intransigent on this administration that they won't just reverse course and say, look, right now we need to produce more oil and natural gas and coal and and handle this in our own way with our own uh energy yeah but no they're they're locked into the climate cult um uh just saw a story on uh fox business network where they're actually making banks through regulation this is not legislation making banks report the carbon footprint of their business loan customers. This is crazy. So if, so if you loan... By the way, how would uh, they even gather that data? How would a bank be able to gather the data that's being requested of them? Right. It, it, it's, uh, what, what do you have to go ask your clients? How much do they drive? And if you have a sales force, how many vehicles do you have? If you have uh, service staff... How many trucks do you have and how many miles a day, how many miles a week, how many miles a month, how many miles a year? What, what This is insanity, what you're saying. Yeah, and it's it's going to cost hundreds of millions of dollars for banks to um, try to do this. And what's that going to do? It's going to close down the, the uh, community banks, the uh, small regional banks. As, you know, I've stated before, big business will be able to deal with it, you know, uh, but it, it's the smaller banks uh, that probably will go out of business. Yeah, they it's, just are not going to have the resources. Uh, they're not going to be able to do it. I mean, who could accomplish that task? This incompetent administration asking for such specificity in an area that they have no business regulating. Right. And, you know, talking about the climate agenda that they're uh, the climate cult that they're bowing down to the United States over the last five, six years has lowered their carbon emissions and, and greenhouse gas emissions more than any other country in the world. And it, it's just crazy that, uh, you know, they're worshiping at this altar of, of the climate cult when the rest of the world is, you know, going about their business. Germany's uh, refiring their coal correct coal uh generating plants yeah russia said you're not getting any uh natural gas uh so germany had to respond by refiring their coal firing plants that they had closed by being woke uh it 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 shows one of the things we talked about yesterday with the myriad of all-star guests that we had when i was filling in the last two days for fox news kirk and i know you caught some of the other day. I don't know if you caught any of yesterday or if you even knew that I was doing it yesterday. But um, one of the things I really made a point of emphasis about is we don't have the ability here in America to go alternative energy. We've got to use coal. We've got to use nuclear. We have to use oil. Uh, and then I have no problem. I'm, I'm a fan, as you know. I'm, I'm a practitioner of solar energy. Uh, I'm a fan, but hydro uh, and incidentally, uh, Hoover Dam, there's some serious issues there. If that stops producing because the water level is um, 
very uh, dangerously low. That's going to put a lot of people in a world of hurt. We can't rely on hydro and wind and solar as the answer today. Who knows? Someday, maybe. But that day isn't today. And they want to shut all this other stuff down. I predict, Kirk, you're going to see these brownouts and blackouts and things in California. And it'll be all these whacked Democrat states. I think we're going to see this. They're not going to have enough energy to keep up with the demand. That is true. That's a viable uh, prediction uh, based on the fact that these supplement these things that should be supplemental are uh, inconsistent energy producers. The um, <clears throat> wind doesn't always blow, the sun doesn't always shine, and what you have is, uh, you know, baseload reliability uh, of your electric grid is based on uh, very powerful, compact forms of of energy, coal, oil, natural gas, nuclear. So that's where your base load reliability comes from. These other sources, great. You know, you knock ten uh, percent off off of the top of the supply, or add you know ten percent mo- little more electricity to the grid through these alternative sources. But it, it's never going to be a substitute for what uh, you know is provided by. Uh, Oil, natural gas, coal. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. We'll be right back, Kirk. Don't go away, please. Much more Kirk Conover straight ahead. Senator Vince Palestina, looking forward to that. And wide open forum coming up in hour number four, our extended, expansive hour number four, right until Brian Kilmeade at 10.06 this morning. Batteries Plus Bulbs is located at 900 Tilton Road in Northfield. That's right next to Broadcast Center, literally right next door. And at 1215 New Jersey Route 73 in Mount Laurel, Harry Hurley for batteries plus bulbs. Stores in Northfield, I mentioned, Mount Laurel. Roy and his team are extraordinarily service-minded. We hear from you all the time. Different things they've fixed for you, creative solutions that they have. They can fix your cell phones. They can fix and really create all new battery banks for whether it's for power tools, you might have a power tool that you really like and that maybe they don't even make it anymore, but it doesn't hold a charge anymore because the battery uh, pack just has only so many recharges in its lifetime. They can completely rebuild that. I've watched them do it. They're really, really great and so much more. And also remember, because they've had percentage discounts, uh, sometimes they have a little special gift that they will give. Billboard Dad Chris went over there a few weeks ago. He got a uh, a pack of new batteries by mentioning Hurley in the Morning. So don't forget to mention Hurley in the Morning and see what happens at Batteries Plus Bulbs. 16 minutes past the hour, back with Kirk Conover. Right after this, here's our friend, Sean Hannity. Now, here's the morning Sean Hannity update. This is the state of our country today. But you know what they're not talking about? Let's see. The Biden inflation crisis has 83% of Americans cutting back on personal spending. Why they can't afford it. Consumer confidence has now hit its lowest point in a decade. They're not talking about that or record high inflation or record high gas prices. 
76% of Democrats say this country is now on the wrong track. They don't want to focus on that. Joe Biden's electric vehicle push hits a roadblock as the average price for an EV is 54 grand. Flight cancellations and flight increase in prices are through the roof. And guess what? Your 4th of July will be the most expensive in history. And the last point is the Fed will now print more money to avert a government default. Great news for the economy. Great job, Joey. Join Sean later today right here on the Sean Hannity Show. Are you kidding me? Gas prices are up again? Somebody has to do something. Well, someone did. That's why I use Upside. Upside? What's that? It's a free app that pays you back real money for every gallon of gas or diesel you buy. I just earned 25 cents back on every gallon of this tank. Hold on. So the Upside app is free and you actually get cash back every time you use it? No strings attached? Yep, it's awesome. Check it out. It only takes a couple of minutes to sign up. Instead of just watching your dollars go into your tank, start putting money back into your wallet with the free app from Upside. With the price of gas today, it's big news and big money. To cash out of your Upside cash, just transfer it to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card upside users have already earned over 200 million dollars now it's your turn download the free upside app and get cash back on every gallon of gas use promo code house for an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up that's code h-o-u-s-e use code house for an extra 25 cents per gallon back in your first fill up cash back's not available in gas in new jersey wisconsin wpg talk radio 95.5 For complete contest rules, visit WPGTalkRadio.com. It is 22 minutes past the hour. Senator Paul Stina coming up in about 40 minutes. A lot to cover with him. Visiting this hour with Kirk Conover. Wide open forum coming up in today's final hour of the program. So many issues, Kirk. So little time. We we run out of time each and every week when we do our program together. Uh, Let me give you an opportunity. Uh, I've got a few more things that I want to cover with you, but let me give you an opportunity. What's uh, on your radar this week so far? Well, I'm uh, contemplating that the Fed is going to continue to raise interest rates, which I think will guarantee that we're going to have a recession. And as I've done some research, they've never lowered inflation by more than two and a half points without a recession. Hmm. So this idea that there's going to some, be some kind of soft landing ever is uh, really a shaky proposition. And right now, basically, what they should be doing is cutting the, the money supply by, uh, you know, um, selling the assets that they have in their portfolio, which is over $9 trillion dollars of uh, federal, you know, notes and and other uh, debt instruments. And they also stopped this crazy um, artificially raising of interest rates. Let the marketplace determine where interest rates are going to go. Right now, the 10-year um, Treasury is about, you know, 3%, which is, in my estimation, the uh, natural and normal level it should be. So interest rates have sort of corrected themselves, and uh, the Fed should concentrate on controlling the money supply because the money supply has skyrocketed over the last two years with all the uh, uh, federal spending for COVID relief, for so-called infrastructure and all that. 
that has uh, increased the money supply, you know, 167%. It's incredible when you look at the charts. And the, the charts are right on the, the Federal Reserve's own, own website. You see it go along, it, it goes up a little bit, a little bit over time. And then all of a sudden, you hit 2020 and 2021, it just goes up like a rocket ship. And that is the cause of the inflation. And the other thing is, getting back to fossil fuels, you want to really stop inflation from increasing increase our production of energy. People don't realize it's not just gasoline. It's not just natural gas for heating our homes. Petroleum products are used in virtually everything. I mean, they're they're used in plastics. They're used in so many things. They're used in materials for our clothing. It's So if you increase the supply, you'll lower the price of that. It'll ripple through the economy and lower inflation and I think that's where they got to start. But like I said, they're they're not going to do it. Uh, so it's up to the Fed to try to, you know, have a soft landing, reduce inflation. And unfortunately, history has shown us that uh, they don't really navigate it uh, to a soft landing. They uh, basically cause recessions, and then the recession is what causes inflation to go away because people lose their jobs, uh, companies go out of business, and that lowers demand, and inflation goes away. And unfortunately, it's the most painful way to do things. So the Fed should just stop raising interest rates, let them seek their own market levels. They should reduce the money supply by selling off their uh, part of their portfolio. I think they're trying to do it at, at a... A hundred billion a month, or something like that. They need to do a little more than that. But that reducing the money supply reduces the dollars in circulation. And as we've said, inflation is too many dollars chasing too few goods. Increase the supply, address uh, the regulations that they're constantly putting on, and that'll increase the supply of, of goods and services. So, yeah, it's. Um, I think we're in the we're we're in a soft recession right now. Well, and I agree. We'll see if we literally are in one. I think the government's going to cook the books. There'll be some kind of minuscule fractional growth, and we'll escape the literal definition of a recession. But when you look at what's going on out there, it doesn't matter what you call it. Uh, everything costs a fortune. Meat everything if you can even get the things you want gas everything is just crazy here's what i know i'm following the last five weeks in a row with unemployment claims and i've talked to some pretty smart people that run large corporations and they're expecting a really awful challenging situation at the end of the summer i think the summer season is going to mask some of the realities even though obviously the price is being high, inflation being high, supply chain being broken, uh, people see what's going on. But after the summer, I think we're going to be seeing layoffs and things we don't even want to talk about. And see if you agree with this, Kirk. And I, I want to go to the bottom of the hour break so that you are uninterrupted to what, because it's going to take a little bit of time for you to share your insights about this. But here's my my theory as a layperson 
that's not a Wharton School graduate, that doesn't have your economic background. But my feeling is, Kirk, that the American Rescue Plan, the Build Back Better Plan, these trillions of dollars that we were saying in real time would be a real problem down the road have come back to bite us right you know where. I don't think there's any – now, Joe Biden will deny this, but I don't think there's any denying this if you're being honest about it. Trillions of dollars that we could not afford, that did not need to be done, jump-started this incredible runaway inflation that we have and everything that's going on. And then, of course, the reactionary uh, Fed that missed – what was going on and said that we were in some minor transitory type situation ultimately had to admit that this is going to be a long, painful slog. I want to get your take on that when we come back more early in the morning with Kirk Conover right after this. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And it is Harry Hurley in the morning, a few clicks from 30 minutes past the hour with three stories. I'm going to make it four that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Congressman Van Drew has confirmed his pick for president. It's an exclusive that we got on Fox News Radio two days ago. Check it out. Atlanta County Executive Dennis Levinson is going paperless on the public bidding process. I think that's awesome. Gormley's and Levine's being honored by the Boys and Girls Club of Atlantic City and the most important Atlantic City National Convention since 1960. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. A fairly comfortable morning for you. Temperatures rising from the 60s into the 70s. We'll aim for 84 this afternoon. A few degrees cooler at the beaches. Skies will be partly sunny, humidity moderate, and winds light. A chance of rain arrives late tonight, low temperature around 70, and tomorrow morning through midday we'll see periods of rain. Showers may linger into part of the afternoon. Late day clearing with a high of 74 tomorrow. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Panda. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me today at 3, but now back to Hurley in the Morning, right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Thank you, Sean Hannity. 35 minutes past the hour, South Jersey's number one talk station, all because of you, ladies and gentlemen, and we know it, and we thank you for it. Kirk, uh, seems rather obvious to me, but what role... Did wasting trillions of dollars with Build Back Better and the so-called American Rescue Plan, what role did this play in our current plight? A big role. It uh, created huge deficit spending. Um, They had to issue, you know, between the infrastructure bill and the American Rescue Plan, they had to issue $3 trillion dollars of uh, federal bonds, bills, and notes. The only buyer um, basically was the Fed. So the Fed basically doubled their uh, portfolio of uh, debt instruments that they own, went from four and a half trillion to nine trillion. Um, It also, you know, just flushed money, cash, sprinkled all over the country into the economy, thus 
raising demand for goods and services when we had these supply chain disruptions by the big uh, blue states. So it all added up to that contributed mightily to the inflation. It's not Putin. It's uh, simple math. And it also removed um, the ability of the Fed uh, to control the money supply because they had to buy these things. There's not enough private buyers, not enough other governments interested in buying them. And that caused a real problem because the Fed's only weapon now against inflation is uh, instead of the money, you know, controlling the money supply, the only weapon they have left is interest rates. So it it uh, took a uh, a tool away from the Fed that they usually would have to you know manage the the financial aspects of the economy, and it also uh, jacked up demand artificially. And what the government should do right away is whatever money they haven't spent of it, they should just freeze it and stop spending it. And allow the Fed to, you know, lower their their uh, portfolio of mortgage assets, thus getting back to controlling the money supply a bit. So yeah, they were they were big, and there's not not it's not Putin. Um, <laughs> probably eighty percent of the inflation is caused by those spending packages because it, it you know you just create money out of out of the air. The, the Fed doesn't earn it; they just. Uh, basically create digital dollars. And then, of course, in some cases, if not many, it caused people to not go back to work. It left employers who needed workers without workers because you had this money that was artificially uh, stimulating and and giving people uh, more not to work than to work. So they broke the whole it's like breaking nature. It's just it's just horrible. Let me let me move on, Kirk. We're in total agreement on on all of that. This is just the latest example. It's not just a one-off. They're all over the country. These woke, broke, joke district attorneys. Uh, some of them are called prosecutors, different names. But the Manhattan district attorney, Alvin Bragg, before even the grand jury convenes this upcoming week, charged and jailed a bodega worker when there was absolute, in my estimation, incontrovertible video evidence that this man was attacked behind his counter where a patron should not have been. And he jailed this guy, set a a bail that the man could not afford, $250,000 bail. Fortunately, uh, they got to a judge who reduced it to 50000 in between his spouse and his employer uh, at the um, – the convenience store, which I think might even be his son who owns it, but he's worked there for years. This father is jailed unjustly, charged with second-degree murder. Uh, This other person that was with the person who wound up being killed by the convenience store worker, uh, she also got involved, and no charges were filed against her. And this is our country right now, Kirk. Perfect example of bizarro world, yeah. as you term it. And yes. I, you see the incontrovertible video evidence. Uh, you know, you see it over and over that this guy came in there, attacked him, and 
this brag is putting people out of jail all the time. Yeah, vi- he's letting violent criminals out while he's charging this guy. So they have an agenda. They support criminals. You can't deny that. All right. And they're against any of these laws that uh, say that you can protect yourself. They're against the self-defense uh, defense. But but there are four criminals assaulting police and they let them go, uh, doing all the other mayhem and violence that they do. This is so twisted. It's unbelievable. I can't I can't believe I almost can't believe that this is happening in our country. And 100 percent of the time in major Democrat cities. Yeah. And keep in mind, I mean, the whole agenda is to disrupt all the institutions of our society. Yeah, that's what they're doing. They can take over and impose socialism on us. Yeah, they're basically telling you if you're a criminal, we'll let you go. If you're a good guy, we're going to find a way to charge you. Yeah, and it's what the uh, Nazis did to rise to power. You know, they had the brown shirts out there creating chaos. And, uh, you know, Hitler came along and said, you know, you elect me as your chancellor, then this will all stop. And that, you know, they're right. Make it. Please make it go away. Make it. Okay, we'll vote for you. Make it go away, please. They create the problem and then they pretend to be the solution. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is the Soros model. And for the life of me, I don't understand why or how this guy escaped from communism, made his billions in in uh, the capitalist system and yet wants to impose socialism across the board kirk ponder this during the break and i even encourage you if you want to look it up i can't find one my question for you when we come back can you name a major city in america run by democrats that is well run and safe can you name one I'm not talking about some uh, outlier, small, you know, Mayberry RFD kind of thing. That would typically be uh, a Republican town anyhow. But I'm talking major city, Democrat run, that's well run and that is safe. That's the question on the floor. Boy, it's a, I, I think I'm going to stump the Wharton School graduate. I, don't, I, I think it's the Kobayashi Maru, Star Trek. The uh, fleet commander uh, test that only James Tiberius Kirk was able to win only because he changed the program. The no win scenario. I don't think there's an answer to that other than you can't come up with one. I tried. It's, It's like I'm still in search of the first Democrat who will call this show and say that Joe Biden is doing a good job as president and and then back it up. Not just just say he's doing a good job and hang up. But back it up with facts. Still in search of that. Kirk, let's see if you can do what I am not capable of doing. Find a major city in America run by Democrats that's well run, financially solvent and safe. Good luck. Your task begins right now. Summertime at the Jersey Shore. The glitz and glamour of Atlantic City's casinos. Jersey's best pizza on the Ocean City Boardwalk. Great rides in Wildwood. And miles and miles of bumper-to-bumper traffic. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 wants to keep you moving with expanded summertime traffic updates. Friday afternoon through your ride back Sunday evening. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. South Jersey's talk station. 
is Hurley in the morning. Ah, Harry Hurley. That is a great name. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and WPGTalkRadio.com. Thank you. Welcome back. It's just about a few clicks away from 10 minutes before the top of the hour with Kirk Conover on a special day. I'm Hurley in the morning. Your senator, if you're in the second legislative district, your senator, Vince Palestina, joining us in about 15 minutes wide open forum in today's nine o'clock hour, which is going to be a whole lot of fun. All right. So, Kirk, I did my homework. I'm going to let you go first, though. You had about five minutes to do a crash course study on the issue of seek and find a city run by Democrats that's well run, financially solvent, fiscally responsible and safe. Did you find one? Well, the first one that came to mind was Miami, but the mayor's a Republican. That's right. That's on <laughs> my then, list. The other one I thought of was San Diego. Well, you know but something you know something's up there because they're actually getting a border wall between San Diego and Tijuana. Now, why is Joe Biden in favor of a wall in Ron Burgundy's hometown of San Diego, uh, you know there's – follow the money. You know there's something up with that because that border wall sitting on the ground, the materials paid for, the crews to install it paid for uh, and won't allow it to get built. But yet we're going to have a wall in San Diego. Uh, let, me, let me just take the floor for a moment and do the reverse because I went to the top 15 – basically worst run cities that you will find deadliest cities in the entire country and if you don't know here they are st louis baltimore new orleans detroit the absolute four worst deadly cities but if you go through the larger list of st louis baltimore new orleans detroit cleveland newark Chicago's yes, we made it. Newark, New Jersey, Chicago, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, awful. Milwaukee and Pittsburgh, all run by Democrats, talking about Democrat mayors, Democrat city councils, Democratic sheriffs, Democratic prosecutors. I mean, it's it is undeniable, Kirk, that Democrats run the worst the most dangerous cities in america that's beyond dispute isn't it beyond dispute um and i'll give you an anecdotal story 1983 national association of counties held their convention in milwaukee uh john gaffney and i attended uh we rented a car it was a convertible uh, it was a dodge k car convertible and we pulled up somewhere, uh, uh, you know, parked the car somewhere, and we were putting the top up, and we were about to lock the doors, and people were saying, what are you doing? You don't have to do that. This is Milwaukee. Nobody's going to bother your car. Nobody's going to break in your car. And and we went to a ball game at the ballpark. Same thing. We went to put the top up. They go, no, no, no. Nobody's going to bother your car. This is Milwaukee. How things have changed 30 years later. Wow. And you know, you know what happens. Uh, These Democrats get entrenched. They get power. uh, They raid the public coffers. They create entitlement 
mentality in society. And then what follows is abject poverty and rampant violence. I mean, that's that's the prescription, is it not? It sure is. And uh, it's a shame because there was a time when uh, Democrats were reasonable. You know, that I used to tell people in the 80s, you know, the difference between the Democrat and Republican Party was, you know, an inch. There was a couple of issues here and there. And now the gap and, and their, their way of governance is so far off. Uh, and every day you read something, you go, this is insane. I mean, Why do they want to burn the country to the ground? What What is it that they hate? They take advantage of everything that's available to them. But they they appear to hate our country. Well, it gets back to the they want to knock the pins out from all our under our all our traditional institutions, uh, create instability so that they can assert more federal power. And that's that's my read of it. You know, you pave the way for total power uh, and. The way of total power governance is is socialism because that's a a top down control of the entire society, and you pave that that road to that total power by creating chaos. And you know, like you you said the last segment, you know, then they put themselves up as the people that can save us. Yeah, exactly. Here's the other problem I have right now: what's going on in America? You you have absolute flight going on, New Jersey. California, again, all Democrat states, and the people are moving to Florida, predominantly, Texas, I would say maybe subcategory 1A, predominantly, uh, South Carolina, which I know you and Nancy love, uh, Georgia, and some other places. And then what do they do? They had to leave where they were because Democrats ruined it, and then they go move to places that they know are better run where they can have a better life for themselves and their children, their families, and then they go and they vote Democrat. I mean, that is the very definition of, one, insanity, two, cognitive dissonance. Why would you leave where you are, where they ruined your life, basically, and then go vote the same way? What is it about this ideology that they have to pursue it to ruination? It's a puzzler. I have dear friends. They moved to the western part of South Carolina. They were, uh, I always considered them mild Democrats here. And once they moved to this beautiful area of South Carolina, all they did was complain that the government should do this and the government should do that. And, oh, my gosh, this Republican governor, he's no good. Boop, boop, boop. And I'm thinking. Meanwhile, you look at the taxes and you look at the quality of life. And what is there to complain about? So once again, that's the answer, Kirk. The ideology trumps everything. Yeah. And they moved because they had, you know, New Jersey pensions, both teachers and New Jersey pensions. And, you know, if you have a a Northeast pension, you can live just fine down south. Yeah, uh, you cannot live just fine up here. 
because of the property taxes. And, By the way, remind our listeners, Kirk, Kirk, what, what are, and you, it's a multi-dwelling, what are your property taxes in South Carolina? Well, it's a five-bedroom, four-and-a-half-bath house, and the property taxes are about 3200 a year. And if you live there full-time, it would even be cheaper, correct? It would be, be about 1800 yes. I mean, Kirk, look at that. Look at look at yeah. what and it, it, it was. Go ahead. It was genius what they did. Uh, they basically put a referendum on the ballot to dedicate one percent of the sales tax to fund local schools. Well, Kirk, you know that's my doctrine for thirty years. I proposed that on this program thirty years ago. One percent. Now New Jersey sucks, so it probably one percent might not be enough, but. And when I say that, I mean, I love I love my state. I'm not Stacey Abrams. I hate the politics is what I'm saying. Uh, but I, I, I floated that decades ago. Why do we keep doing it the most regressive way that you ever could? It's beyond me. I mean, the sales tax is broad based and a lot of out of staters pay. it. So you, you take the whole burden of the local schools off of uh, the property taxpayer. And I mean, look at Atlantic City. Anywhere the Democrats can ruin something, they ruin it. You've got a city budget over $200 million. You've got a school budget over $200 million. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm a little rusty on these figures, but the county budget isn't much more than what the city or the school budget in one city are for the whole 23 municipalities. This is what Democrats do. This is what Republicans do in reverse. 30 seconds. Yeah, it's uh, it's a shame, but, um, you know, it's the reality. And that's why we created a federal republic where people can vote with their feet and move to where it's uh, most suitable. To yeah, their- but, but when the when the loons are moving to good states and, and infecting them and ruining them, that's becoming I believe it's be- going to become a very serious problem in the next 10 to 20 years. Kirk, we're out of time. Thanks for a great visit. Senator Palestina is next. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. It's six minutes past the hour. I am pleased to report both of us were not here on the first Friday in July. Uh, I know where I was. He knows where he was. Uh, And so we're convening on the second Friday in the month of July. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are from the second legislative district, your Senator Vince Palestina. Senator, welcome back to Hurley in the Morning. Thanks, Harry. It's uh, great to be here and uh, great to be back down here in Atlanta County. We're going to get some sun today and get, get some good weather out there. Beautiful. Yeah, no, no question about it. I mean, the year's half over plus, and it's, it's flying by really, really quick. Let me uh, just throw out the first topic, uh, New Jersey state budget. Uh, I know there were a few in maybe the not-so-quiet peanut gallery uh, seemingly uh, concerned that the second district legislative team voted for the New Jersey state budget. I believe that I wrote a definitive column on this. 
that thoroughly not, you didn't need you didn't need backup. I wrote the column on my own, but I supported what you did because I mean, look look at what it meant for the district. I, I believe your vote is and was defendable. Uh, talk about it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, the state budget every year is one of the most interesting times of the year, and uh, this year was no exception. You know, the Republicans uh, had some different thoughts, and certainly if we had control of the legislature, you know, Republicans had control, you would have seen a different budget than what was presented. You know, we would have done more in terms of property tax relief and some other initiatives that we think are important to get people back some of the money they send to Trenton. But in terms of this budget, you know, you're looking at a budget that has the biggest property tax relief program in New Jersey's history. And like I get people being mad. The governor, you know, is a Democrat and some of his policies that we all believe are kind of out there. And, you know, we don't agree with them, but he's giving us the biggest property tax relief program in the history of the state of New Jersey. That is going to be, you know, relief that people feel around here in District 2. Uh, when the checks go out next year, that is going to be a direct benefit to them and the property taxes. And we would have done more, but, you know, it was a pretty significant, almost $2 billion program to try yeah. to get people some of the money back. And then you couple that with this energy receipts tax, which is, you know, the state takes $300 million from municipalities. And again, we want to get all $300 million back municipalities, but this budget gives them back $75 million, you know, at least a quarter of the money that is pilfered from Trenton comes back to people. And it's going to be direct relief for municipalities, which is also going to lower property taxes. Yeah. And you talk about some of the school aid, you know, raising Agarber Township school aid in some of our other towns. Talk about the school construction that's in the budget, you know, $2 billion for school construction. There were so many things in this budget that were positives that are going to be good for the state. And so, and that's not even talking about locally. Locally, you know, we've been working very, very hard with the governor's office, try to get funding for certain initiatives, and we were very successful in doing it. You know, we got $5 million allocation for some of the initiatives with the National Aviation Technical Research Park out at the airport. We got funding for the lighthouse. We got funding for some intersection improvements and some road improvements. We got, you know, funding for a number of initiatives here in Atlantic County that are going to benefit the district. And so, on balance, as I said, you know, there, you're always going to look at state budgets. There are always going to be positives. There's always going to be things you would do differently. But on balance, you know, I believe that this was a budget that, you know, I'm proud to support because it's going to bring real property tax relief to people, both in the municipal form and direct. Uh, rebates back to people. It's going to fund a number of the number of the initiatives that we're looking to get done, you know, in this area. And so I think it was a good budget for District 2, and we made the decision to support it and stand behind that decision. I would do it all over again. I've heard, you know, a little bit of criticism here and there, but not much. I think by and large people look at it and know that Atlanta County's, uh, you know, legislative delegation, especially the senator, all the way back to Senator Gorman before him, have always been independent, done what they believe is the right thing for the district. And, you know, we're always going to continue to do that. So I think this is a good budget for us. And, you know, we're going to continue to work with the governor's office to get things that are important to this area accomplished. And not that you need it for me, but you, you have and had my support on this for all the reasons you mentioned. Let me throw in one more. Beginning last Friday, July 1st, Stockton would be in the process of receiving for the current 2023 budget year $39,409,000 in state funding. This represents a $10,457,000 increase over what Governor Murphy initially proposed back in March. Now, I give you a lot of credit 
because this has not happened before. Additionally, Stockton will ultimately receive $6,751,000 more in state funding in fiscal year 2023 versus fiscal year 2022. That's life-changing dollars. So there's one more reason. And then I want to echo something that you said. It's something that I commented, commented on, I believe, in the article that I wrote for our website and, and uh, the app. And that is that... We see most people today at the local, county, state, federal level automatically tribal. Since you're a Republican, you would have to vote no against the Democratic budget. Uh, and that's a loser for me. That, that, that gets us nowhere. And you ran, you, and you were very clear about this, you ran to get things done. So how, you, I mean, I would believe you'd be a hypocrite to vote against this budget with all the things that you were able to achieve for district two. Yeah, and I would agree with that. And that's, uh, you know, the work that goes into it, you know, deciding, uh, whether to support a budget or not and looking at what the governor did looking, you know, and I mentioned on the, on the floor, you know, we have these initiatives down here. You just mentioned Stockton. We'll probably talk about it more after the break because there's a lot to talk about with Stockton university, but you know, the aviation research park is one of the things I mentioned too, briefly before the break. And, you know, that is, that building out there with the partnerships with the FAA and with NASA and with Embry-Riddle and everything we got going on, you know, with the SJTA and with potentially trying to bring cargo here, we're trying to, you know, do use some of the aerial technology and drone technology. They have a number of things going on out there. And we brought that to the governor's office's attention. And they came down to Atlanta County and they visited the facility and they did a tour and they looked at what was going on here. And, you know, I can't thank them enough for taking the time out to actually come down and visit Atlantic County, visit the uh, aviation initiatives that we have going on out by the airport, and then ultimately making the decision that it was the right thing to do to try to help spur additional investment and development at the park. And they did that in this budget. And, you know, that was a result of us working directly with the governor's office and the governor realizing it and coming down to Atlantic County. And you know, I said in the, in the speech on the floor and say it again, they're Democrats, you know, some of the stuff that they are for, I am certainly not, you know, we don't always agree on policy, but in terms of working through some of the appointments, in terms of looking at some of these things that we think are important down here, trying to get things done, they have been responsive, they have been on it, you know, I've had face-to-face meetings with the governor, the staff has been here, and they have been very responsive to Atlantic County and to, you know, what we think is important down here. And so we're going to continue those efforts. And like you said, just because it's Democrat budget, like you can be angry that you're not in control and, you know, you can talk about all the different things you would do. But at the end of the day, you have to recognize you're not in control. Democrats control the state, they control the state budget, and you ultimately have to make a decision what you believe is best for your constituents. Uh, when you're looking at these issues, and that's what we did here, and that's uh, what we're going to continue to do as long as we serve in the legislature. We're going to be right back. Much more the full hour with Senator Vince Palestina. This program is a monthly program presented in the interest of you, the, the public, uh, presented by Palestina and Associates. Palestina and Associates is a highly regarded and successful local engineering firm with decades of proven experience. When we come back, it will be Dateline stockton university and i i had my little mini monologue on it because i was really jazzed up what senator palestina achieved for stockton university it's never happened before republicans or democrats i mean stockton university typically gets it in the neck every single budget year i don't know why 
But I do know this. It didn't happen this year. That is a major increase that we outlined. The senator will have the floor when we come back. With Senator Vince Palestina, I am. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. Sean Hannity, this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is 21 minutes past the hour, so I teased it in my little mini monologue. But let me give the senator who actually achieved it an opportunity to talk about how did Stockton get more than they've ever gotten Obviously, a lot more than Governor Murphy initially intended. And I know how budgets work. It's start, there's a starting point, and then there's talks and negotiations. And, and, and the first you know number isn't usually the last number. But for Stockton to get over $6 million more than last year, they have never, never been treated like this financially. I think, Senator, that is a huge accomplishment right there. What are your thoughts? Well, thanks, Harry. I mean, I think it is wonderful for Stockton University. And I think, it, you know, it goes back to many of us remember, you know, little Stockton College back in the day, you know, out in the Pinelands. It was a little tiny thing, not real visible in the community, not real visible from a regional perspective. Good little college, you know, for us down here in South Jersey, but not really, you know, a focus of the state or of the state budget. But, you know, Stockton over the last few years, and especially during now Dr. Kesselman's um, tenure out there, Stockton University has just done some absolutely fabulous things for this region. You know, they've expanded the Galloway campus. You know, when you go out there, it is now a full-on college campus with additional buildings with, you know, some great recreational programs. I know the Division Three basketball team, I was in the Final Four this year. They are just doing some wonderful things at the Galloway campus, and we've had some meetings with them in Galloway Township about you know, working together on some initiatives uh, between the university and with the township, which I think are going to be great for our region. And then the expansion into Atlantic City, and we talk about it a lot. They've invested, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 250 to $300 million into the city of Atlantic City and have created just a fabulous campus. And uh, just the, the southern end of the uh, city has been transformed by what Stockton has done with the additional dorms and the construction and now phase two of the dorms going in. It is now, you know, a, a regional university. It is a much more respected university. They're getting so many applicants. So I had an opportunity to go over there a couple of weeks ago. They're doing a program. I don't know if uh, Dr. Kessman has been on air talking about it publicly, but it's called Live, Work, Learn, where students who attend Stockton have the opportunity to stay in the dorms in Atlantic City and work with a partner that the Stockton has from the business community, whether it's one of the casinos or Atlantic Care, one of the other entities in Atlantic City. And the entity, the business actually pays the tuition or the rent for the student to stay on campus. And the student works, makes money, and is able to stay in Atlantic City and now has a year-round residence in Atlantic City. When they're going to school, they're there in the dorms going to school, and then they have the opportunity to to stay here and work throughout the summer and make money and have their rent paid for by one of the casinos or one of the other entities. It's just an absolutely great program that they have begun uh, for the region, for the students. I think they had about 700 applicants uh, for that program. They could only take 140, but they have 140 kids now at a time when, you know, we have these labor shortages that are able to work in the various entities, make money and stay in Atlantic City and then, you know, contribute to the local economy here 
year-round, which I just think is absolutely tremendous. And so pleased to be a part of that with them and everything that they have going on. You know, I have a great relationship with Dr. Kesselman and the entire staff over there. And this was an important thing to us. Stockton, because it was kind of a sleepy little college back in the day, it has always been underfunded. You know, South Jersey has always gotten less than North Jersey historically. So this was a very, very important initiative, Dawson. We haven't talked about it much, but I think it was so critical to be able to get Stockton some additional funding because of all the things they had got going on and how critical they are to the future of this region, both in Galloway Township and in Atlantic City. This was something that we put on the radar very early on with the governor's office and with the legislature and are very pleased. You know, they, they lobbied themselves and, you know, they did what they needed to do on their end. But we are very pleased that we were able to play a small part in being able to get them the additional funding that they got because they are going to be uh, critical to the future as we try to, you know, transform this economy from just a tourism economy to having different things, whether it's aviation, whether it's the education, whether it's the medical, you know, they are going to be so important to the redevelopment, reinvestment, both in Atlantic City and to the region and transforming this economy into just not being reliant on tourism that we were very pleased to be able to support them. and Very happy to see them able to get the additional funding that they got because they're going to do wonderful things uh, yeah. uh, with that funding, be able to get kids educated here, hopefully stay here. And that's what Live, Work, Learn will do. You know, hopefully, ultimately, kids like it here and are able to stay. You get educated, and then you'll have a job when you get out of college, and you can stay right here. I love it. Senator Vince Palestina continues uh, on a monthly program that is presented by Palestina and Associates. Two quick comments about Stockton. One, on Thursday, July 21st, for two hours, we rarely do two-hour interviews, but there is so much to talk about. We are doing 6 a.m., to 8 a.m. Thursday, July 21st with Stockton University President Harvey Kesselman, Dr. Harvey Kesselman right here on Hurley in the Morning. And I caught up with Dr. Kesselman uh, upon the news of Governor Murphy signing the fiscal year 2023 budget. And he said to me, and and it's in the article that I wrote. um, Let me go to the top of the fold. Uh, We wrote this back on June 30th, day before the new budget year would go into effect. Quote, I could not be more proud, honored, and grateful of the local support we received from Senator Palestina and Assemblyperson's Guardian and Swift. By supporting the budget, they supported Stockton and their other Atlanta County constituencies, and that level of bipartisanship rarely occurs anymore. I thought that was a, um, a, a good comment, a, a fair one, an accurate one. Let me ask you this, because I knew how it stood last time we visited uh what is your relationship with atlantic city local government small mayor small uh is it still a chilly relationship how's that going (laughs) the uh the personal relationship between mayor small and i is non-existent um but at the same time you know city council converse with them regularly through text messages whatever else so you know council vice president shabazz president tibbet you know Councilman Weeks, uh, even, you know, Chief of Staff Corsi here and there. So there are conversations going on with the local government in Atlantic City, of course, with, you know, the representatives from DCA that are controlling Atlantic City and everybody that's involved. It's just unfortunate the, uh, there is no relationship with Mayor Small. That's his choice. I mean, that's the choice he made 
you know, early on just doesn't want to have a relationship. And so that's his choice. And we just uh, deal with it and do what we got to do without having to deal with Mayor Small. At the end of the day, DCA is running the city of Atlantic City. And so it's more important for us to have a relationship with the Department of Community Affairs and all of the other partners that are involved in this. And council has been fine. So, you know, the city council in Atlantic City, no issue with any of the representatives there. You know, again, when issues come up, text message with them, talk with them, converse with them, work with them. And so there's no real issue working with the local government in Atlantic City. It's just a single person that there's a problem with. Well, you're you're in good company because uh, small mayor small is making so many enemies by the day. Uh, we are working on a piece right now that we'll be revealing either today, over the weekend, no later than beginning of the week, of the latest example of someone who could not have been more loyal. You couldn't find somebody more loyal than this individual, and this individual has uh, caught the wrath of Small Mayor Small. So it's it's very um, it's 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 dysfunctional. It's dystopian. It's very very sick. So you're the opposite of that. So it doesn't surprise me that there's no relationship there. But as always, you find a way uh, to get things done regardless. And and he, he's very little power to begin with. Uh, the state runs the show and uh, it's 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 actually very effective what what Senator Palestina has been doing uh, to help Atlantic City. So it doesn't matter that 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 there's not a rapport with small. He's he's hard. He's he's very difficult to deal with so it's not having a relationship with him usually makes that person correct uh because um we've never seen anything like and we'll be revealing some of the things that we we have a, a, a dossier of things that have been flooding to me about small activities uh in atlantic city it's gonna be interesting and stay tuned here on the show and also on the app and at WPGTalkRadio.com. When we come back after the bottom of the hour break, Senator Palestina takes the floor. We'll get an update on other issues, other things happening in Legislative District 2 right after this. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And this is Harry Hurley with three. I'm going to make it four stories that you can follow right now on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. And a story that we broke on Fox News Radio hosting nationally. Congressman Van Drew has made his pick for president. We've got it. Atlanta County Executive Denny Levinson is going paperless on public bidding. The entire process, I think it's it's awesome. The Gormleys and Levines are going to be honored by the Boys and Girls Club of Atlantic City and the most important national convention in Atlantic City since 1964. From the Townsville, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Very weak little storm system on top of New Jersey today could spit out an isolated shower, but that's it. It's going to be a seasonally warm summer day for your Friday. Partly sunny, high of 84 degrees, 70s at the beaches. Turning rainy tonight, low of 70, and periods of rain last through morning and midday tomorrow. Could even be lingering showers into tomorrow afternoon. Some late day clearing with a high of only 74. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are coming right back to Senator Palestina after this important message from Ambient Comfort because you saw it the other day. It was, what, 93 degrees 
I thought I was coming back to, to milder temperatures. I left. It was 95. I came back. It was 93. Cooler, obviously, uh, since then. But here are seven signs that your heating and cooling system at this time of year, of course, your cooling system may need to be replaced. If you see or hear that it's noisier than it should be, that's a telltale. If you smell an odor, that also is a sign. If you notice that it's blowing warmer air than it should, call Palestine. I'm sorry, call ambient comfort. He could engineer it. Don't get me wrong, but call ambient comfort. I'll give you the number in just a moment. If there's higher humidity than there should be, that shows that your system is not working correctly as well. And a lot of people now have these smart thermometers that will tell you the temperature. It will show you the humidity and you want to pay attention to these things. Also, you'll know if there's poor airflow, you go by a return and it used to come out of there cold and like gangbusters. And now (coughs) it's coughing its way out and it's not right. You're going to know that you're going to know that you have poor airflow. And that is a telltale as well. And although energy costs are going bananas in terms of uh, increasing, if your bills are substantially higher than last year and usage substantially higher, because that's the key, that's the real indicator, how much are you using more? Because if your system isn't cooling your home properly, it's going to have to run longer. In some cases, I know people, they've called me and I tell them I get them in touch with ambient comfort because their system's running and never shuts off. I mean, it should get you to a temperature and then turn off for a while and turn back on when it needs to. Uh, but it can't keep up if the system is either at its you know shelf life. Uh, so you want to find out if it's something that ambient comfort can repair or if it's something that they have to replace. Call them at 609-568-0955, 609-568-0955 on the web at ambientcomfortnj.com. Senator Palestina continues. Let me turn it over to you, Dateline District 2. What's um, What's been happening? Well, a lot of stuff's been happening, Harry. Of course, we talked about the uh, acting Atlanta County prosecutor and plays Will Reynolds. I think he's been on the uh, job for about a month now. And had a few meetings, different conversations with him. He is really hitting the ground running. You know, his background as a municipal prosecutor, uh, working with various towns, working with law enforcement agencies in the area has allowed him the experience to really get in there and uh, start getting the job done. And you're going to see some initiatives that we've been working on with him come out and uh, be announced in short order. Uh, we're doing some things, uh, getting some stuff set up that is going to really benefit the people of the region. And so we're really uh, looking forward to working both with him and with Sheriff Eric Scheffler, who we've also been communicating with and working on some initiatives with. I think it'll be a joint partnership again, you know, across party lines, across different backgrounds. You know, we're going to do what is necessary to help people in this region uh, to really get things cleaned up from a law enforcement perspective. And so really looking forward on to some of the initiatives that we have going on there. Uh, we did. Uh, we have now had a couple more Superior Court judges uh, fully confirmed by the um, by the Senate. So Steve Scheffler, who is a local attorney, one of the best attorneys in the area uh, in terms of criminal defense and uh, representing people in courtrooms, has been confirmed. He was the other uh, Democratic uh, selection. I think he replaced uh, Patricia Wild on Superior Court bench, and so he got full confirmation by the Senate on the last day we were there. And his swearing-in will be next uh, Thursday, the 14th. He'll start all the training. We'll see a ceremonial 
uh, type thing at some point in the future for all these judges that we've got done. But his is on the 14th. And then Jorge Coombs, who was actually, he's a Republican. He was actually working for the city of Atlantic City, um, lives in Galloway Township. So he needed to sign off from Senator Connors as well. We're thankful to Senator Connors for signing off on him in addition to us. Um, but he immigrated from Chile uh, when he was nine years old. He was a local immigration attorney in the area, you know, a big part of the Hispanic community and always working on behalf of Hispanic um, organizations and working with the Republican Party around here. And, uh, you know, very happy we're able to get him fully confirmed. And now he is a Superior Court judge and he will be he's having his swearing in on July 11th, and then we'll begin his training. So you know, we've now got three Superior Court judges done. There's another one in the pipeline who I believe is going to be heard in judiciary by the end of July. They announced they're going to have a judiciary meeting in July, and then a Senate um, meeting just to confirm all the appointments. But we think that there'll be another Republican spot that gets filled uh, end of July, beginning of August time frame which took a little bit longer. There were some things that they had to go through in the vetting process. It's uh, interesting to me, and I guess anyone who's gone through it knows, any of the former senators know, that the process to get somebody from the point where they start the process to actually full confirmation by the Senate is rather unbelievable. Uh, you have no idea all the meetings and all the discussions and all the questionnaires and all the paperwork and all the background and all the stuff that goes into it. It was pretty eye-opening for me. Um, but it takes time, you know, with everything that goes on, it just takes time. So we're fortunate we have three out of the five filled. We have two more to get done. I think one will be, you know, within a month or so, and then one more probably in the fall. And so all of those appointments are in process. The governor did make some uh, appointments to the CRDA board, haven't been heard yet, but he, one of the conversations I've had with them is they've taken now off a couple of Atlanta, Atlantic County residents, one from Atlantic City and Gary Hill, and then Deb Lorenzo is a resident of Longport. And we had uh, we had talked to them early on, and we believed they were going to be left on the board because they're Atlantic County residents. But the governor made the decision to uh, switch them out for people out of the area. And so I've already started a discussion with them saying, okay, you know, they're gubernatorial appointments, and we get it. And I don't have senatorial courtesy because they're not from Atlantic County. But CRDA is an organization that is focused now on the city of Atlantic City after the tourism district changes and after, you know, the takeover in 2018. The Casino Reinvestment Development Authority has got to be an organization uh, that is uh, has Atlantic County representation and Atlantic City representation on there besides just the mayor and the other local appointments. we got to get residents who have a background in some of this stuff on that board so we can really work with the CRDA to get stuff done. We're fortunate that Brett Maddock is on there, Mayor Maddock's wife, you know, from Harrison Beverage, doing a fabulous job. She's also the chair of the Atlantic County Economic Alliance, and so she's got her... You know, she's wearing a couple different hats with the different things she's doing, but she is someone who, you know, from a business background, you know, knows this area, grew up in this area. Of course, Larry Harrison and Ruthie Harrison, you know, big part of the area for a long time. And so she's, you know, kind of the point person now on some of these boards because she is from Atlanta County. Uh, and, uh, you know, we need to get more on there to work with her and work with others to really get the CRDA doing its mission and really getting stuff, uh, getting money invested in Atlantic City and get some of those redevelopment efforts underway. Um, John Amadeo also was nominated to the SJTA board, hasn't been heard yet, but again, we're hoping judiciary, you know, the end of this month and then uh, Senate, hopefully beginning of August, we'll have some of these appointments wrapped up.
It's a great update. Uh, one of the things that's so apparent to me as someone that covered Senator Palestina from the moment that he declared his candidacy, he didn't do this to have a great title because it's great. I mean, you're the senator from Atlanta County. You're talking about living and, and previous legends uh, past Farley, Gormley. You know, you could go through the whole list, Persky, the, the whole gamut, McCullough, everybody, um, Brown. You you ran because you wanted to get things done. And it's tough, especially as a member of the minority party, to get things done. And yet a lot of progress has been made in a relatively short period of time. Much more after the break with Senator Vince Palestina. I am respectfully yours. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 FM, 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Thank you, great one. We are visiting with New Jersey Senator Vince Palestina, the distinguished gentleman from the 2nd Legislative District. Uh, anything, and then we'll, we'll cover some more ground in the final eight minutes that we have, but is there anything more Dateline Legislative District that you didn't get to share in the last segment? Yeah, I think just one of the other uh, big things we've been working on is these new DEP regulations that are coming out that are going to impact development on the island. Um, you know, it's a 1,200-page document. It was a result of the executive order the governor signed at the beginning of 2020 to charge a DEP to take a look at sea level rise. And, of course, we know, you know, the nuisance flooding around here has continued and sea level rise is an issue. You know, it's a combination of sea level rise and a combination of the, the not doing the appropriate dredging for a long period of time, especially after Sandy when some of our waterways got impacted because of the impacts from Sandy. But nevertheless, we have had, you know, incidences of nuisance flooding um, continue and get worse and get exacerbated. And so the DEP, you know, has worked on a 1,200-page document that is in with the governor's office that is going to significantly impact the Barrier Island, you know, Atlantic City, Brigantine, Ventnor, Margate, Longport, in addition to some of our mainland communities like Summers Point and Limwood and Galloway Township. And, you know, anyone who's got um, property along any type, any of these waterways. So, but again, same kind of thing. You know, there are concerns with it. We certainly are looking at some of the regulations that they're talking about. And, you know, if, if some of the things that they wanted to put in place go in place, it's going to severely, severely impact development on the island and severely impact people's ability to just maintenance and regular upkeep and regular um, improvements to their properties, especially when you think about Atlantic City, some of the lower income areas. If you wanted to try to you know, improve your property and improve your home, you're not going to be able to do it as a result of these regulations. So same kind of thing, you know, went to the governor's office and said, look, these are going to have a significant impact. We need to talk about this. And so they were down here yesterday, now three or four representatives. We met in Ventnor City Hall. We had representatives from Ventnor and Brigantine and, you know, Atlantic City and some of the Cape May County towns, Marie Hayes, Cape May County Freeholder, and some other people there. And again, DEP was very receptive, listened to us, and we know that we're already going to get some changes in the regulations, and there are a few more things we need to work on. But same kind of thing, from the, you know, from the administration, from the governor's office. They came down here. They met, you know, in Ventnor. They took a look at what the impact of the regulations would be. And we know we're going to get some changes. We're going to continue to push for more. Um, but, again, getting good things done on behalf of the people of the area 
uh, by working with the governor's office. And so that's another one that uh, is going to be, you know, another year, two-year effort mm. uh, to get these things fully done. Um, but they're at least listening to us and providing input, and they're, you know, they're going to come back in the beginning of September and, uh, and meet again. So they have been uh, very receptive and communicative, and we thank them for all of the efforts that they're at least putting into listening to us down here. We are visiting with Senator Vince Palestina on a monthly program that's typically, if so, you could be new to the program if for some reason you're not available on the first Friday of the month in the 8 o'clock hour. Maybe you've missed Senator Palestina in the past, but this usually takes place on the first Friday of the month. Occasionally it has to be moved uh, between our two schedules, but we pretty much hit that first Friday pretty uh, faithfully over the extended time period that we've been doing this. It's presented by Palestina and Associates, a highly regarded local engineering firm with many, many years, decades of experience. Uh, they do great work. Uh, you'll be impressed with Vince and his team. I think this is going to take us to the top of the hour because I think it's a dynamic question. I think it's a really important question and nobody else is talking about it. So I think we need to. Uh, because I think we're all going to be feeling it right after the summer. Not only do I believe we're going to have a good summer, Senator Palestina, I believe we're going to have a great summer here in District 2 and in, in, in the state of uh, New Jersey as a whole. But in particular, I think we're going to have a really good summer here. However, I'm concerned after the summer, there, there, there's some tailwinds right now, or I guess I should say headwinds uh, right now, uh, on unemployment numbers five uh, weeks in a row, trending very, very bad. Uh, a lot of the problems of this runaway inflation and all the things that are going on uh, that, that aren't going to end in five minutes. It's probably going to take into 2023, maybe all of 2023 to write the, the problems that have been put in motion by this terrible uh, administration that we have uh, in Washington. And I'm concerned about what things are going to look like in the shoulder months after the summer. And during the uh, the off season, are these things that you've been thinking about? Absolutely, Harry. I mean, uh, definitely things that we've been thinking about. You know, Atlantic City uh, is so important to the region. We always think about you know potential impacts, and I agree with you. You know, we got the national NAACP convention coming. You know, in the next couple of weeks, I know you highlighted an article today, you know, those types of things and all the events over there during the summer are fabulous. And, you know, everything's packed on the weekends and everybody is doing very well. And the numbers have been very good. But, you know, we know that New York gaming is looming. We yep. know we still have challenges in the city of Atlantic City. Yep. We know that that local government, that administration hasn't been able to figure it out. And, you know, many of us don't have any confidence that they will be able to figure it out because they haven't demonstrated even a willingness to try to talk to anybody or work with anybody to figure things out. And so you have, you know, challenges in the local government that you have had for years with that administration. And so, yeah, you're always thinking about that. You're always worried about that. And we have, you know, you're going to see us unveil some things, uh, trying to deal with what we believe, you know, have been some of the deficiencies in the city of Atlantic City for many, many years. Everything, you know, down here starts there. Um, and so, you know, from an employment perspective, from just the need to clean it up, to keep it safe, to light it up, again, the initiatives with the prosecutor's office, with the sheriff's office, with our office, some of the things we're going to try to work on legislatively in Trenton would tremendously transform uh, City of Atlantic City. And so you're going to see us uh, very active, very visible as we go through the summer and get into the fall, both from a legislative perspective and just, you know, the working with our local agencies down here to be more visible and try to get things done that would improve 
uh, the situation in the city of Atlantic City and improve people's lives in the city of Atlantic City. At the end of the day, you know, we're all here working together, try to make things a little bit better for people, give people a little bit more of an opportunity. And so you're always, you know, while you're we're happy with some of the things we've got done, you always got one eye on the future and trying to figure out how can we continue the progress and how can we make things better for people around here. This isn't to be kind. The music's playing, so we have to leave. But the hour that we do flies by in the blink of an eye. I feel like we just started. <laughs> it does. It always does. It's interesting because it sounds like an hour is long. And then by the time it's nine o'clock comes, you're like done. It's like, wow, that went quick. I know. I know. Good to visit with you. Uh, congratulations on the success that you have had, that the legislative team has had, because we all should be rooting for this. When you succeed, we succeed. You've gotten a lot done in a short period of time. Uh, you're a man of action. You didn't run for the title. You ran to get things done. You're keeping your word. Uh, extremely proud of the job that you're doing. And I'm always proud to say that you're my senator. So we'll talk soon. Be well. And uh, until next time. Sounds good, Harry. Thanks for the time. And again, it is a team. Don Guardian, Claire Swift have been fabulous. And, uh, you know, can't thank them enough. We've worked so well together. We're looking forward to continue working with them long into the From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you and welcome back. It's six minutes past the hour. I'm Hurley in the Morning, proud to be on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 as we are now into our 31st year together. Wow. How did this happen? How did it happen? Brother Don Hurley sent me a headline from the New York Times, uh, which I immediately uh, said reminds me of something from a couple of years ago. New York Times headline, Shinzo Abe, Japan's longest serving prime minister, dies at 67. That's the headline. Hey, jackasses. He was assassinated. You make it look like he died of natural causes or something. Which really reminds me, uh, so this will be from Hurley to Hurley to Kilmeade, because I sent Brian Kilmeade, he's getting ready, well, he signed on right now with me this hour. Uh, This reminds me of the Washington Post headline of 2019, when they referred to Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, the leader of the Islamic State. They referred to him as an austere religious scholar. How incredibly sick are these people? See, Shinzo Abe is a great man, great friend to America, uh, a great friend to Trump. So the media just gives him the uh, the American media just gives him the little okie doke here. Shinzo Abe, Japan's longest serving prime minister, dies at 67. What a terrible headline that is. Let's see if enough people react to it that they'll be forced to do what the Washington Post had to do back on October 28th of 2019. I remember signing on and telling you this headline infuriates me. This terrorist is referred to as an austere religious scholar. That's kinder than they would refer to anything 
involving Americans that they don't like. Joining us now is guest listener Bob. You can join us next at 609-407-1450. Bob, thanks for the opportunity to share that mini monologue uh, because that's just, that's outrageous to me. Absolutely, Harry. Uh, Harry, I, I did want to comment on what you spoke to Kirk about and what you spoke to the senator about. And, yeah. and first start with the senator at the end of the program. Uh, I think we're seeing softening. Yeah, we are definitely seeing softening here at the Jersey Shore. We had an excellent spring, very good spring, almost as good as last year. And you know, last year was a record-breaking season because of the pent-up demand and, and all the free money the government was, was shipping out. But we're starting to see later in, this, in the season here, it, it's, it's softening. And, and by the way, for those listening, uh, Bob is a motel owner, Bob and Cindy, in Cape May, you are a perfect barometer. You're in one of the most fantastic towns in America. If you're using the word beginning to soften on July 8th, then what I said is, is I think, self-evident that it's going to come true. I do see, uh, sadly, I report it, I see layoffs coming from the casinos. Let's not forget their, their, their cost of doing business has just escalated, and I'll, I'll be very honest about this, Bob McDevitt is my friend for more than 50 plus years, probably closer to 55 years. I've never criticized him on this program. I'm not going to do it today. Uh, he's got a union membership to represent, and they scored big. They scored really big. And these, and we're talking millions of dollars that the casinos are going to have to come up with. Uh, so I'm not faulting Bob. He, he's doing the best he can for his membership that that do work for short money in many respects, but they're getting a lot all at once at a very difficult time for the casinos to be able to pay for it. And you know what happens, Bob, when your expenses go up and if business goes down, then people get laid off. This is this is economics 101. Am I lying or am I telling the truth? That's exactly right, Harry. You know, it's exactly right. And look, uh, you know, my advice to to the listeners here is to just be very, very careful about your expenditures going forward. Uh, it, I think we're going to be in for some really, really rough times here. Uh, um, last year, Harry, I last I did not touch my rates going forward. You know, when we when we look at our our reservation charts on the computer, you've got to manage your reservations, and when you see areas that are soft what do you do you drop your rates and and you know i'm, I'm doing that now i i wouldn't even think about doing that last year so again you know that that is a barometer of, of you know what is you know going forward what is happening so uh, other thing i want to talk about harry is is that the again you mentioned this with kirk democrat run cities so I had to drop my car off at a dealership just outside of Philadelphia. There is no dealership anywhere near here uh, that de deals with the brand that I have. Okay, it's an Audi dealership. You, you just don't have anything down here. And so I had to go to Philly, close to Philadelphia, drop my car off in Turnersville. They gave me a loaner, and I decided to go visit my parents' grave in, in Philadelphia. And I was going to take... I-95, well, I-95 was jammed, so I got off at, at the Spring Garden Callow Hill exit by the Walt 
where the Walt Whitman Bridge is, okay? Got off there, off of I-95, and I drove through my old neighborhood. So, so beginning at Girard Avenue, 5th and Girard, uh, all the way to the Roosevelt Boulevard. That's a long way. I mean, that is miles and miles, right? Mm-hmm. A total wasteland. Wow. I mean, a total, total wasteland. 80% of the housing stock per block was either totally dilapidated or abandoned. Wow. And I just, it, it just, it, it, it's just such a horrible, horrible feeling that, and you know, it's been 10 years, I think, since I, I went through that part of the city. Maybe not, maybe not 10, but anyway, uh, I was ex- exactly, I was expecting this, okay? But it was just still, just, just, it's so sad to see this. The streets, you got to, the streets are in such terrible condition. Also, I mean, Bob, Bob, I got to tell you, I wouldn't even consider going near the neighborhood where my grandfather, Harry J. Hurley, uh, used to live. I mean, it's it's unbelievable what's happened. Oh, it, and, and Harry, you know, it, it's not that these cities lack, you know, it's, it's sure Republican, you know, the lower taxes and incentives for investment that would all help but mm-hmm. it's the it's the cultural decline it's the, that's the central issue it's the quality and character of the people that is the central problem and 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 that's the central problem and the the offenders that created this is this agenda that is so counter to anything that we would expect in America so that we look at these major cities now that were once so incredibly amazing, great, and now you can't even safely traverse. Who's going to any of these cities? New York, unsafe, Philadelphia, probably even more unsafe, certainly as unsafe. And you could just run right down the line. I I read 15 of them off about an hour and a half or two hours ago of the worst cities in America, all run by Democrats, all run into the ground, all woke, broke joke policies, uh, no bail, uh, letting violent offenders go. Look what the, look at what this fool Alvin Bragg did in New York, Bob. You go take a store owner who was attacked behind his own register, defended himself. This guy is locked up with a $250,000 bail a week before the grand jury is even going to hear the case, he's not even indicted. I mean, I guess they're go unless this public uh, outcry stops it. I think they the, the expression "you can indict a ham sandwich." I guess they're going to indict the, this um, this man that works at the bodega, uh, a convenience store. For those who are not familiar with the other word, and he did nothing but defend himself. He could have been dead. No. This no, is a the- country where if you're attacked, you are allowed to defend yourself. And if you have to use lethal force because you suspect that your life could be taken if you don't, that is defendable. Uh, this this district attorney, Alvin Bragg, who has let countless violent criminals go, is an absolute disgrace. Yeah, exactly, Harry. You know, the, these, these whack jobs, Soros prosecutors their, their prescription is if you're not part of the, their so-called protective 
class. Their prescription is for you. If you get attacked, well, you should just take it. Yeah, you should just take it. I mean, that's exactly right. Take your beating. Uh, I mean, what's that guy doing behind the register? And what what else could that man have done but protect himself? And they're creating an environment where the innocent person becomes it's dystopian it's it's crazy it's bizarro world the innocent person becomes the criminally charged thankfully a judge reduced the bail to fifty thousand dollars and between his spouse and his employer which i believe is his son who owns the uh bodega uh they got him out they put the five thousand dollars together and they got him out but this is this is where we're at no doubt about it bob i've got to run to the break uh great report but terrible report at the same time yeah all right harry Keep take touch. care you too my friend be well an open phone line 609-407-1450 you'll be next right after the break it's uh, approaching 18 minutes past the hour on the hurley in the morning program this is wpg talk radio 95.5 if you get a chance navigate from your app or if you prefer to go to wpgtalkradio.com it is presently the lead item at the top of the fold We give you and make the case that the most significant national convention is coming to Atlantic City since 1964. The 1964 Democratic Convention, which should have been President Kennedy's convention, but of course he was tragically assassinated and it became the Lyndon Baines Johnson, President Johnson Convention. Atlantic City so poorly performed, putting the media in substandard rooms, uh, giving them just completely unacceptable hard goods and soft goods, gave them paper towels instead of cotton or terry towels to to shower with, and the national media went on. They forgot rule number one because in that era, we were not in a digital era. They forgot you don't mess like that with people that buy their ink by the barrel. The national media crushed Atlantic City. Atlantic City went from a destination resort that was prosperous to a barren ghost town. And it did not recover until the advent of casino gaming. Check the story out. It, it's, it's a good read. And we go into the into the and make the case that that will not happen this time. We have a great group, Meet AC, which is your equivalent of a convention and visitors bureau. Uh they know how to do their job. They know how to take care of customers. We have a great product. The rooms are outstanding. The restaurants are world class. The accommodations are also four diamond, four star in most cases and in, in probably all where they'll be staying. And this will not be a repeat. I'm, I'm predicting it with great confidence. Check out the story. It's right now on your app or on the website. Back in just a few minutes, don't go away on the phone line. 609-407-1450, and open phone line. The WPG Talk Radio app is your connection to South Jersey's talk station. Get free, unlimited local and statewide news from New Jersey's largest radio news team. Download all of our local shows as podcasts and more. Powered by Ambient Comfort. For installation to repairs and maintenance, give Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling a call today at 856-213-6586. AmbientComfortNJ.com. 
Hi, it's Markley and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Congratulations, Atlantic City Hall. An Atlantic City Hall employee just said to me that finally the weeds that were surrounding the front entrance, I will tell you in the days of Mayor Guardian, before him, Mayor Langford, and you could keep going backward again and again and again, that was always, that courtyard area was always uh, a pristine, professional-looking entryway because it's the first impression. They had weeds, and I know there was some construction and things going on, but it was nowhere near where these foot-tall weeds uh, were were left uh, unkept. But this morning, they are cutting them down, cleaning up the area. Uh, So there you go. If you were wondering how long was this going to go, uh, it went until this morning and they attended to it. 609-407-1450, open phone line. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Harry. How you doing? Very well. Thank you for asking. Uh, just a few minutes ago, yeah. when I made a, as always a gentleman, yes. I made a phone call to Congressman Adam Smith, who is the chair Ugh. of the Arms, which is House Armed Services Committee. Yeah, yeah. And not for long, but, but he is for now. Not for long, though. But go ahead. As, as a gentleman, I brought it to his attention, or his one of his uh, office workers, that... But for Mr. Biden to give the Chinese a million some odd barrels of strategic reserve oil. Yes. Um, the president, I said Mr. Biden, I didn't say president, right. but Mr. Biden. Um, and by the way, did you know or um, did you mention the deal that the president got hoodwinked because the agreement was I'll sell you a million barrels of oil from our strategic petroleum reserves, which are only supposed to be used in the case of an emergency. This was not, and we're not even getting into the other millions of barrels that Biden sent abroad elsewhere. Meanwhile, we have all these issues here where we used to be energy independent and a net oil exporter, and now we're begging Saudi Arabia and others to, you know, to uh, produce more. It's maddening what's going on. But here was the deal, Peter. I still don't agree with it. But at least you could you could have a debate and an honest conversation about it. And, and reasonable people could agree to disagree on this. I don't like the idea of doing that at all. But and Biden has a certain set of priorities. I think they're twisted. But his priority was for China not to buy oil from Russia. He's trying to put the squeeze on Russia. So far, they're just getting richer. Every move Biden makes Putin is getting richer. You know, he's shutting off uh, natural gas to Germany. Now they're refiring coal plants that they trashed out of existence. But what do you do when you have no energy? Oops. Oh, I guess we do need that. Good thing they didn't completely trash it. They just shut it down. So they're able to restart it. But here's the uh, the Quinn Martin production epilogue, the final chapter, Peter. Biden promised a million barrels of oil to China. We still don't know the price, but the deal was China wouldn't buy petroleum or energy from Russia. They took the million barrels and five seconds later, they bought Russian oil. They're making a fool out of our president. What I approached it from the defense point of view, 
I said, I said, sir, with all due respect, what is going to stop the Chinese for using it for their warships, their tanks, and their planes for a possible hit on Taiwan? And not only that, I says uh, the reason FDR cut uh, uh, oil to Japan was to uh, force them to uh, get out of China. Right, and by the way. I know there's things you can do and you can add it and you can and create it, but jet fuel is very different from what domestic needs probably those million barrels will go towards. But even saying that, you going from the military approach, me going from more the diplomatic approach, the problem is Biden is making America look weak at every turn. Every move he makes makes us look weak. And when you make a deal... When the American president makes a deal and that deal is broken seconds later, you just don't typically see that happen because there's usually a respect there or even a concern about what would be the response for doing that. But these other countries, they don't even worry. This is paper tiger territory that we're in now. So whether it was your military angle or the approach that I'm taking on it, it's just a problem. Yeah. It's a problem all the way around. Well, thank you, Harry, but have a blessed day you every too, day. Yes, sir. You do the same. Bye. Good to talk to you, my friend. An open phone line because Peter just freed it up at 609-407-1450. I would like the great one to take us into the break, and we'll be right back. Your calls continue in open forum, 609-407-1450. Check in. We have uh, several phone lines open right now. It's a good time to call in right now, 609-407-1450. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. It's early in the morning, anytime, anywhere, on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. It's 37 minutes past the hour. Hurley in the morning continues. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Tell a friend. And remember, when the program is over, if you hear during the day... Uh, Oh, did you hear this? Did you hear that? The podcast is the show. The show is the podcast. You go right to your app. The button is right there. Center cut. Hit it. And then you can just go through the archives. It's very, very simple. You'll click on Hurley in the morning. You'll see our logo. You'll see our name. And then you can scroll to any point during the four hours and six minutes. And it's even uh, edited down to uh, just the content of the show. So it's not it's not four hours and six minutes. It's substantially less than that but still if you're looking for something in the nine o'clock hour i'd like you to listen to the whole thing but if you don't have time just you scroll right ahead it's very simple to do you just keep hitting the button uh there's a button left to go backward button right to go forward and you just keep clicking on it and before you know it uh in a short order you'll be right where you want to be uh in the section of the program that you're looking for 609-407-1450 and open phone line welcome to hurley in the morning you're on the air Good morning, boss. Tom, good morning. Very well. Happy it's Friday. Happy TGIF. Very good. Uh, Yeah, so I was listening to you earlier. Now, you were talking about James Caan. Yes. All right? Yeah. Uh, Of of course, I I love him from the uh, Godfather movies. I love him from that. But that movie that you mentioned, Misery... Yes. With with, with uh, Catherine Bates. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
I think she goes by Kathy Bates, but I won't split hairs. Kathy Bates, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the same that, difference. Same difference. Uh, I would rate that third. Uh, Santino, Sonny Corleone, first role that um, even obviously Brian Song, because uh, Sonny, Sonny goes down, you know, and Carlo Rizzi had to pay, you know. He had to pay for Sonny, but that's another story. Santino, Sonny Corleone, that I place number one because it's the godfather. Number two, I would say Brian Piccolo, Brian Song, which I just watched the Godfather trilogy, actually, about a month ago. Love it. I I just can't tire of it. I just love it. It's so well done. I wish they would have done the fourth. They almost did. Uh, Mario Puzo died. They were in. He he and um, Francis Ford Coppola were in very serious discussions to do a Godfather 4. I don't know if it would have risen Andy Garcia into sort of the um, you know, the 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 lead focus. I guess it would have. I think it would have been tremendous. So that's one. Brian Piccolo, Brian Song, number two, and that's the movie I'm going to watch sometime this weekend. My homage to James Caan. And yes, number three, I think, is Misery. And it's, it's mindless. It's... Um, it's silly, but it's hilariously funny. Elf, I can't say that necessarily it's my fourth, but I just watched Elf with Noah and Margie about a month or two ago. It's just hilarious. And the the chemistry between James Caan as his father and Will Ferrell is absolutely just hysterical. Well, uh, he's, he's out of his mind, yeah. but... Listen, uh, I got a closing comment, but let me just say that movie, that movie Misery, left an impression in my brain for life. Oh yeah, it's it's demented. She's demented. What? When she? No, no, no! Don't spoil! Don't spoil! There might be some people that we've inspired to watch it. Let them. Let them. I know it's an old movie, but I don't. I don't do spoilers. Let people watch it. Uh, I know what you were going to say. Because I, I watched the movie. Uh, what's your closing comment? Well, I'm looking at my beautiful blue nose pit bull right here, Harry. Yeah. And he's he's looking out my window with his yellow eyes, with his cobra eyes, and he's turning around looking at me. You know, and he's snipper. His snipper's going. His snoot. His snipper's going. He's smelling. You know something. what he's smelling, Harry? I don't know. Is he smelling something bad? He's, no, he's smelling the Subway series, buddy. Oh, well, look, I'm confident the Yankees are going <laughs> to get there. And we know how that went the last time. That was that was a fantastic yeah. sweep. Uh, I'm right. not so sure. The Mets are playing very well. They're a solid first-place team. I think uh, you have the Yankees clearly with the best record in all of Major League Baseball, 60 wins. You have... Um, right. You have the Astros with 54-ish, and then you have the Dodgers with 53. I think the Mets are next with 51 wins, getting close to the All-Star break. Uh, I like the Mets' chances. They're going to be a playoff team. I'm not sure that they're going to make it all the way, though. I am very confident, though, and look, I am a Yankees fan and and just my whole life. So, I I mean, I have a Yankee Stadium chair. Uh, in my home. I, I love the Yankees, always have. But if I'm being objective, 
this is a Yankees team that can once again go all the way because they have every single thing going. They play great defense. They have great offense. And they have great starting pitching. And they have great relief pitching. When you've got all that going, unless you hit a, a, just a skid and it's not happening for you when it counts the most, you're likely and usually the team that's going to win. They've got every single aspect of the game covered. They they found, they have the most wins uh, come from behind. They have uh, incredible record in one run games, just like last night, six to five against the Red Sox. They have a fourteen and a half game lead over one team and a fifteen game lead, no sixteen game lead over the Red Sox because with fifteen going into yesterday. Uh, I like the Yankees' chances. Now, the Mets are getting back some of their injured pitching and some things, so they should be a little bit better. Uh, Governor Christie is on the board, so he's excited. He's he's a, a huge Met fan. Uh, I don't see them getting to the World Series, though. Well, I mean, they don't have the power the Yankees have offensively, but they do have great pitching, the Mets. Hey, listen, so pitching, gonna- pitching in these short series – is so important, and it's the reason why the Astros do so well. You know, you've got these tremendous starting pitchers, uh, but now they got a tremendous pitcher that had Tommy John surgery, and they lost one of their great pitchers, in fact, to the Yankees. Uh, I I just like where the Yankees are right now. They've got Garrett Cole. They even have some pitchers that sort of coming out of nowhere uh, and doing great. Uh, Nasty Nestor Cortez. Uh, is having a great season. Judge is having an MVP season in a contract year. Uh, Yankees are the one to beat right now. Dodgers are capable of winning. I think it's going to be the Yankees and the Dodgers if I had to pick. Uh, that That's how I see it. Now, Yankees have to get past Houston again, which has been tough for them to do in the past four years. But we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Got to run. When we come back in this order, please don't go away. You are next. And I promise you were right after that. Hang in there. We've got plenty of time. We're going to have at least 15 minutes uninterrupted when we come back. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Hey, a lot of you know that I learned how to use a firearm when I was 11 years old. I've been practicing my entire life, and people ask me all the time, Hannity, what kind of gun should I get? Well, now I'm telling them, go to Henry Repeating Arms. And I always tell them to start just by going to their website, henryusa.com. You're going to get a free catalog. Now, Henry has over 200 models of rifles and shotguns to choose from. They're made with the finest craftsmanship I've ever seen. And you don't beat their performance. Every one I have was accurate right out of the box and reliable ever since. Their company motto is made in America or not made at all. They have a lifetime warranty, family-owned business. And these folks are true patriots who give back to our military, our vets, our first responders, sick kids, you name it. They support gun safety, and they support our Second Amendment. So if you're in the market for a high-quality American-made firearm, just go to HenryUSA.com. You get their free catalog, list of dealers, and free decals, HenryUSA.com. You'll love this company. Sean Hannity, this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We're back, as promised, 10 minutes before the top of the hour. So we uh, under-promise, over-deliver. We have 16 minutes uninterrupted. I'm going to take one of it. 
Uh, several guest listeners have written about the assassination of former Japanese, and he was the longest serving ever, nine years. He would have continued, but there were some health issues. He died at age 67, and in a stunning headline that just sickens me, they actually wrote the New York Times, Shinzo Abe, Japan's longest serving prime minister, dies at 67. What a disservice to the institution of journalism that is. The Japanese prime minister was assassinated, and it reminds me of October 28th, 2019. And, I, and forgive me if I'm wrong about the date, but for some reason, that date, I think I'm close. I know I'm close. If it's not that day, it's the day before or the day after. I just remember that being the date. And I know the year was 2019 when Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, terrorist leader, died, okay, and and was put exactly where he belonged to be. The Washington Post wrote the headline, religious, I'm, I'm sorry, let me get it right, austere religious scholar dies. How sick are these people? They, they think this is normal. But that's, that is a real cheap shot at an assassination. And this, in case you don't know, this is very rare in Japan. Guns are rare. And in fact, the guy that assassinated former Prime Minister Abe, it was a homemade gun that, that did the deed. Shot him in the back through the chest, and he lay bleeding. Uh, he, his heart stopped. I think they got it going, uh, but he, he, bled, he bled to death is what happened. And the reporting to just say that he died at age 67 and not reporting that he was assassinated is, is as sick as it gets. Tom, welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You are on the air. Welcome to the program. Hey, Harry, how you doing? Very well, uh, thanks. I just wanted to, uh, yesterday, that's funny, I just heard you say something about this ugly weed. Yeah. I was in City Hall yes. I was in City Hall yesterday, and I must have said it to about 10 people there. I said, this is a disgrace. Can't they cut the weeds out of the, you know, out of the front there? It's ridiculous. So I'm glad. But here's, here's what you know, Tom. You know the deal. The deal is it's an employment agency for friends and family. They do not care. They don't care about appearances. They just don't care. It's all about Marty. <laughs> it's all, well, it's all about money. It's all about uh, enriching themselves. It's it's awful what's going on. Well, the reason, I, another reason I called. Well, first of all, uh, my condolences to the family of the Japanese prime minister. That's horrible. Terrible being assassinated like that. That's yeah. incredible. But I I don't know when you were away. I was watching. This uh, the TV show. I forget what channel it was, uh, but uh, the, the woman who is the CEO of uh, General Motors, I can't think of her name. Well, she was. She had a big press conference and and saying all about this Chevy Volt, the new improved Chevy Volt. And the, the one reporter, he goes, "Excuse me," and he mentioned her name, and he says, uh, "How is that uh, powered? That uh, that." Uh, car and he says uh she says oh by the building no 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 you know no you just plug it into the building and it's powered and he says okay well how's the building powered oh i don't know by michigan power and light oh michigan power and light okay 
well, how do they get their power? <laughs> she says, well, solar, uh, it was hilarious. Yeah, solar, because they can't admit nuclear, coal-fired plants, uh, petroleum-based. They're so stupid when they talk about their alternative energy. Wait, did you ever see it was a great cartoon, a wonderful cartoonist? I forget the name of the cartoonist, but he showed the beautiful, clean technology of an electric car being plugged in. And then stage right, right behind the whole setup, was smoke coming out and all kinds of stuff from the way that the electricity was um, actually created. And by the way, her name is Mary Barra, B-A-R-R-A. And what a stupid, clueless answer you just described. (laughs) It it even got better. You know, so he goes, okay, well, where's the Michigan Power and Light guy was right next door. I mean, standing right next door. Aren't you the the president of Michigan Power and Light? He says, oh, yes, I am. And he says, well, uh, and he looked like he was going to have a heart attack when he asked. He said, well, where do you get the power to power the building? He says, uh, well, uh, 95% 95% is coal, 5% is, is natural gas. <laughs> well, how much do you get from solar? Uh, nothing. How much do you get from wind power? Uh, nothing. <laughs> like that. It, was, it was priceless. I'm like sitting there going, this is incredible. But that's the type of uh, things that are going on in this country right now. People have got to realize we, the only thing we're why we're in trouble economically is because this idiot has done for one year. I can't even imagine how bad it's gotten in one year, Harry. And I, that ain't getting. I hope. Tom, that Tom see if you agree. I think it is quite a feat to destroy an economy in less than a year and a half to go from uh, net oil exporter, energy independent. To where we are now, from less than two percent inflation, to and I know this is a big lie. This eight point six is a big lie. It, it, there's nothing that's eight percent more expensive. Uh, a rotisserie chicken that you could get for five dollars, four ninety nine at Sam's for about the last thirty years. Uh, I mean, these rotisserie chickens are now, depending on where you get them from, ten, twelve, fifteen dollars. Everything is double, triple. So we've got all that going. And imagine they did all this in less than a year and a half. It's amazing. God forbid if, if this doesn't turn around in November and get some people with some sense like uh, Senator Palestine. It was so nice to listen to him. Uh, finally, somebody with common sense in that state house. It does something that's good for the people of Atlantic County and not just good for you know certain individuals. Yep. Good to talk have to you, my day, friend. Have a good day. You too, pal. I'll see, see you, later. Tom. Be well. 609-407-1415, open phone line. Lance, welcome to the Hurley in the Morning program, my friend. Hey, thank goodness it's Friday for all those that know the work ethic values. Yes, anyway, sir. First thing first. Number one, uh, about a month ago, I had uh, contacted Ray at Ambient Comfort. He sent out uh, a couple of excellent uh, technicians. Uh, and had my uh, air conditioning unit serviced, and I'll be back in November for the heating. Yeah. So thank thank you for that uh, resource. Uh, That's number one. Number two, uh, uh, favorite movie probably was one of his early ones, 
the infamous Rio Bravo with uh, oh. John Wayne, Dean Martin, Ricky Nelson, so and uh, Flip the Wonder Horse. <laughs> so good. Oh, my gosh. I loved movie. it. Loved hearing you say yeah. that. And, and, and he also had, in that movie, he had that distinct crazy hat and that wild gun he had, like uh, the freaking uh, Steve McQueen in uh, Dead or Alive. Remember mm-hmm. that one? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. All right, and here's another thing I did yesterday because I was uh, reading an article through the Heritage and also through the New York Post about uh, the blackmailing of our uh, President uh, Brain Freeze Biden. I uh, I called Cory Booker, uh, Senator Menendez, Senator Booker, and also our uh, representative, Mr. Van Drew. And I called them, I left a message, and it basically was that I think they should all stand up and call it the way it is and they should uh, initiate a uh, article to impeach in regards to dereliction of duty and selling our oil not to uh, adversaries and allies yeah i mean i i i of course that's not going to happen now but i do believe that president biden will be impeached sometime in 2023 i do think it's going to happen there's just so much there's so much here and wait until the investigations start there is a roadmap that leads to literally tens of millions of dollars there's right now 150 suspicious financial transactions that they are hiding uh from oversight they're not going to be able to do that when republicans have subpoena power this is so bad anything that they think has been so horrible about president trump there is so much more serious stuff here literally millions of dollars coming from russia the mayor of moscow's wife what think about that one transaction what reason would the son of the sitting vice president get 3.4 million dollars wire transferred from the former mayor of Moscow's wife. How would that even happen? Why would that happen? Why would he be on this Burisma board? Why would this guy be paid, you know, millions of dollars with no pedigree, no experience at all in these given areas? I mean, it's so it's so bad. And yet it's so interesting because this country is so tribal now that if it's your side and somebody is awful and corrupt and a criminal, you can't say it. You can't even go there. It's not allowed. It's against the rules. But you'll crush the other side for a broken toenail. It's it's wild. It's it's crazy. Lance, I'm going to get some more calls in. You take care, my friend. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Harry. It's Tom. How are you doing? Good morning, Tom. Listen, this is only second. You might have already addressed it, but I'm really upset with all the news coverage of the um, the WNBA um, lady, I think her last name is Garner or something? Uh, it's not Garner, it's Griner. I've been covering it uh, very, very closely, not only here, but twice this week nationally on Fox News. Uh, Brittany Griner, for those who don't know, is one of the best basketball players, female basketball players, really in the history of the of the country. And for some minimus ridiculous reason that i think is politics uh because of the united states arming ukraine she sits in a jail cell i do believe that her plea of guilty is part of a negotiated settlement that will allow russia to let her leave 
by saying she's convicted. We're going to be compassionate. She can never return to Russia. Would she ever want to? And then we get her back. And that's the ending that I would like to see. Well, I'm taking probably a different stance of almost 180 degrees from you. I know that the cannabis that she may have had, you know, up until last year was illegal. But now it's legal in New Jersey. Yeah. But it's illegal in Russia. And I know. But, Tom, seriously, do you do you think that and it was oil, not splitting hairs here for a vape device. Do you think that an American citizen should be incarcerated for that bogus stuff. Look, you know me. I'm against drugs. I don't do them. I don't like them. Uh, I think marijuana is bad. Uh, I think that the ingredients in it does everything from birth defects, low birth weight, all kinds of problems. I think that it also rewires the brain uh, and creates, obviously, stoner nation, less productivity. I'm all against it, but I I can't can't side on... You're not going to go as far as to say that she should be convicted, and she should serve 10 years in a Russian gulag or something. You you don't believe that, though, no, do you? No, 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 uh, no, no, I don't. But, okay. but the, and I'm also anti-cannabis here. I am, but too. The point is that we, we have instilled in, 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 you know, like heroes and athletes that they can go to other countries and, and not pay attention to what the law is yeah. over there. Yeah. And what happens is you, you can't have this sense of entitlement there and you know and we at one time we had crazy laws in, in america where you could get 10 years for for possession of of pot there and i don't think that should happen there but but that that she is this total victim there she, I, I am i am you know against the idea that that you can go into another country and you know what their drug laws are, and we talk about exporting things, and I'm not comparing cannabis in any way to fentanyl, but then when a country has a law against certain certain drugs there, and if you're famous, we're, we're so outraged, and we have this other guy who's been in there um, being held, and I don't even know what the charges are, for three years. Right, and they don't even call that person's family. I, I, I hear you. Uh, and this is a prime example of life's not fair, and famous people do get treated differently. Sometimes they get treated harsher. A lot of times they can get favors done. But it's true. In fact, somebody, a family member came out of this person that you're talking about and saying, hey, look, this you know person's wife made one comment in an interview that the president hadn't called her. And he called her that day. Uh, and we're waiting three years you know, for the phone call. So, yeah, I, I hear you loud and clear. Uh I'm compartmentalizing. I'm against what I'm against, but I am for Brittany Griner getting out of there, and she should never be in for the amount of time. She's been in there months already. Uh, we got to get her out of there, and yes, we have to also address the other one that no one knows her name, including me, uh, but I'm familiar with it. Tom, I've got to run because my broadcast week has officially ended. Brian Kilmeade is here. To the callers we didn't get to, I'll do better next time. Uh, enjoy Brian. Let's see if he brings up the issue. I sent Brian a text about this headline and also the uh, al-Baghdadi one. See if it shows up on his show. I'm outraged by it. Here is